0: Indianapolis test 0, 0, 0. operation restricted area two five zero eight. thirty one, Roger. The traffic is quite luminous and is exhibiting some anomalous motion over.
1: Roger, area thirty one, continue to a your discretion over. Okay, Center. The traffic is approaching head on, alter right,
2: and really moving. They're right by us, right now. There are a thousand UFO sightings reported around the world every month. Ninety percent of these sightings can be explained, but ten percent cannot. Officially and unofficially, the U.S. military has been investigating UFOs since 1947. Their top secret goal is to find out what's behind these unexplained sightings. The Pentagon classifies them as unusual airborne anomalies, but a better term is X-Files. Join us now as Mac Wanwan and Commander Cobra explore these unsolved cases, UFO incidents that baffle even the U.S. military. This is Mac Maloney's Military X-Files. And now, here's Mac Maloney. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Mill on Show here on the Distant
3: Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight first. Girls, i got to let you down easy if I'm going to let you down at all. No JJ tonight. No JJ. He's moving uh, from one castle to the other, and he's just tuck it out. He said, I can hardly pick up my cup of tea. Think of that. You rough, know, he, he's only been life. gone a little more than a year. Anyway, no J.J. tonight from the portal. Uh, no Coco saving the world, but our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Wood is with us down there in uh, you know West Virginia. How are you doing there,
0: Switchy? Uh, I am beyond wonderful, man. Mm-hmm.
3: Good. Are you full of uh, vim and vigor tonight with a lot of stuff to talk
0: about? Uh, uh, a lot of vim. Uh, the vigor will uh, will collect. Well, vigor the vigor will come with it.
3: Okay, good to know. Um also with us as uh, curious is our security chief, Willie Club. WC, how are you doing?
4: You know, I I'm doing great, Mac. Um just another big night for me. Yes, yes. You know, I've I been trying to figure out why lately I really am feeling better than usual when I come on the show. Okay. And I realized what this is, this is my therapy session. Really? My wife told me that. She says, you know, that when you go there, she said, you know, you're relieving yourself. Of a lot of things, huh? And I said, yeah, you know, I, I never realized that, but now I know what it is. And and I'm and I'm looking at Switch all, all the time. <laughs> you know, he looks like someone that you'd want to relieve yourself with. You know, <laughs> okay,
3: well, okay, there's better words there, but okay, yeah. Well, yep, well I you, you know I can,
0: mean, if I can prevent your anger from boiling up and you hitting somebody, some innocent, from being nasty to some innocent, then I'll I'll take the slings and arrows. I, oh,
4: I, and I know, and and the nice thing is, you know, you you're very good at that and because you know the things i say are accurate but i don't you know i don't mean to insult you listen but, uh, no you know, who, I who would would, like think that is. was happening but anyways i'm really excited tonight because tonight is the switch show switch show is it really okay yeah, yeah, you're really the guy that's i didn't get that memo night. but okay what what's, i want to sit back here tonight
0: and let him take you know, over
4: enjoy myself eat a couple of twinkies yep. and uh, yeah 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 and uh, so I'm really counting on you tonight, Switch. <laughs>
0: that sounds great. Okay. Better pace those Twinkies. I
3: think I think that what's concerning is that uh, the Club's uh, therapy would be hanging around with five white drunk stone guys and one hot chick. Is that what the doctor ordered? Is that on the prescription? Yeah, there? I guess
4: it's you know it's pretty much the way I've come up in life, so it's nothing <laughs> new. <laughs> I can answer. I had to show you something. I know the audience can't see it, but there's okay. a new product out. Oh, boy. Bounce. These are Twinkies. Bounces. Um, they call them bounces.
3: Yeah. Go ahead. The
4: individual Twinkies. All right. Little, small, mini Twinkies. I haven't had them yet? No. Wow. Huh? Look at those they things. They have a, a coating on them. Yeah. Huh? And I was going to have them during the show if, if, uh, if Switch falls in his face. And I think I'll have a couple of these because I'll be <laughs> pepped up. flying. Now. Yeah, I am. There seems to be a lot more uh, <laughs> sugar and stuff in them.
3: Hey, speaking of flying, in the uh, studio with us is uh, UFO mechanic Al Ronaldo.
1: Al. Hello, Mac. Hello, gentlemen.
3: <laughs> High on
1: life and sugar. Yeah, and there you go. Uh, I'm just going to sit back and have a few beers and watch this Wow. Watch whole this thing. unfold? Yeah, and, and then I'm going to wait for Steve to put the train wreck up in the background <laughs> and put it up now. <laughs> <laughs> wow, huh? And, and we're all in the Christmas spirit. you know. We Christmas was about uh, two months ago, my friend.
3: Sorry. We're ahead of the game.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I guess we're going to edit that out. Okay, Well, we'll see. That's a <laughs> <time> flip, <laughs> It'll <right>?
3: depend. <laughs> So anyway, well, well, listen, we can uh, talk about a number of things uh, tonight. I should just uh, uh, promo that um, we have coming up, or you've probably already heard it, um, we, we had a war, World War II trivia show, and this is uh, with the uh, officers from uh, Homestra Troops, and it's always really kind of a nutty show. Um, the questions are really kind of, um, they, we did on uh, war movies, five of the war movies, and um, You know, like how long one of the questions was, you know, in The Longest Day, there's that very, very long sequence of the French trying to take this casino away from the Germans. It's two minutes long, shot from a helicopter. Fantastic movie. Longest Day. 30 Seconds of a Tokyo was another one of the movies. Um, Saving Private Ryan, which I have a lot of problems with that movie, and also Patton, which is also a really good movie. Anyway, in the midst of all that. Okay, see, these are the fun facts that I found out about war movies. You ready? Are we ready? We're ready. Okay. Um, there's a movie uh, that uh, John Wayne was in called The Green Berets. Remember that? Remember yep. that movie? Sure. Okay. came out in the 60s while we were still over there fighting. At the end of it, I mean, and he just, you know, does, he saves the world basically in Vietnam. And at the end, he has saved an orphan kid. And the last shot is him on the beach uh, watching the sun go down and saying, "Don't don't worry, kid. You know, the United States is going to save you and so on and so forth. The problem is you can't see the sun go down in Vietnam. You see what I mean? It's because it's facing the east. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Okay. Called the wrong sunset. All right. Should I go on with these? No, no. Go <laughs> ahead. That, that was yeah. it. I, I'm, I'm, all right. I'm just trying to figure out why well, it you beats the see.
4: top ten anyway. Okay. Well, we'll
3: see. We'll see. Um. Ever see um the movie Torah Torah Torah? Sure. Okay. Plenty of times. It was uh, half produced half by the Japanese and half by the United States. Okay, so the Japanese half is subtitled. Okay, um, but in the Japanese half, um, you know, when they're going back and forth to the carriers and stuff like that, right? Um, the Japanese officers are in white uniforms, and the and the the captions are in white, so you can't you don't know what the is f- saying you can't, was, you can't read it can't it's read it's- it
1: yeah oh all okay. right
3: big mistake. Wow. Okay. Um, remember the, the first scene of... We'll cut this out. Remember the first okay. scene of Patton? The first scene of Patton where he goes up in the steps, he has the big flag behind him. Yeah, he gives the big yep. speech. And he gives that speech. Uh, that was the last scene they shot in the movie, not the first. Because George C. Scott didn't think he could play Patton. He he was And, and he was the fourth choice for him. Okay? He just didn't think that he would be able to play it. So he said, if that's my opening scene... Film that last because I'll be – if I'm not Patton by then, I'll never be patent, you know? That's, that's cool. And he's – that movie's great, man. The, the, you you look at him. He's a movie star. He's been in a lot of movies. But you look at him and he's Patton. You know what no, I mean? Yeah. He's, he's, he pulls it off. Yeah. He's the guy. Yep. Really good movie. And he
0: said, if you serve under me, you won't have to tell your kids you shovel shit in Louisiana. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Uh, so, uh, let's see uh, – yeah, George, uh, George C. Scott was their, their fourth choice, okay? The four, the three people in front of him who turned it down was the first choice was Rod Steiger. Does anyone know, remember who he was? He was in the – Oh, yeah. You know, he you was know. the night. Yeah, and um, the waterfront, right? Yeah,
5: uh, yeah.
3: Yep. Uh, let's see. Uh, he was the first one. He thought it was too pro-war. Uh, so then they went to Britt Lancaster. Britt Lancaster, which is, is funny because neither of those guys look anything like Patton. Uh, he turned it down. Uh Robert Mitchum turned it down. Okay. I suppose he could have done it, but George C. Scott looks like Patton,
1: which Yeah, I out of the, that group, yeah. You know. Uh let's see. Um so anyway, yeah, fun fact. Uh, I could see Mitchum now, I mean Lancaster might have been kinda long in the tooth for that by then, wasn't
3: he? Yeah, yeah, sixteen. Oh, no, um, no, he wasn't. No, he, he was he was, so? he was in the Birdman of Alcatraz. I, I, that was C. a big Scott movie.
4: was probably older than him.
3: Yeah, are yeah maybe the same it's good they they both kind of came up together. I just I, I guess you just can't think of Patton as being anyone to judge C. Scott, you know. Um, it well, is, it's oh, it's,
1: you know. it's amazing how many movies when they you, know, you watch when you say that when the guy really kills or the woman kills the part, and you say I can't see anyone else playing that, and then they say oh they were not our first choice these were our first choices right yeah, yeah and you yeah. go I don't see any of them could have done it I don't really
3: right you know it's, that means they did a good job oh
1: yeah they they became the part it's just just yeah, numerous yeah. ones like that. But, um, um, you know, you could take um, Saving
3: Private Ryan and just pull it apart with all the mistakes in that movie. It's amazing. It's amazing. How, but because it's kind of a star vehicle and, um, you know, it's a Spielberg movie, people are going to go see it. And I think it's great. I would put that movie on. I would make it required viewing for anyone in high school who wants to. Like joining the Marines or the Army or something, because it's the most realistic battle scene you'll ever see in your life. It's just do you remember that when they come up, you know, on Omaha Beach and sure. and just the suddenness of death and stuff like that, and just the horrifying that that part of it. But the story, once again, orders come down from the White House: find this guy because his other brothers have been killed. We don't want the whole family wiped out. Okay, orders from the President. And they send seven freaking guys out looking for this guy. Why wouldn't you send a hundred tanks out? You know what I mean? I mean, why would you send seven guys walking to fight You know,
4: you know I, Mac, I gotta, I gotta disagree with you, respectively. I, I, that, gotta enjoy it. That was entertainment. You know, I know you got your background and all that stuff, so you're looking at it a little closer than the average person. But my God, that was a good, entertaining movie. I mean, if, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're looking at it from a different angle, and
3: uh, I know how I because I went to film school. You know,
4: yeah, but you didn't go into combat either. No, I don't, Right, right, you know, exactly. Except, I would prefer if you came out and said, "I served three tours in, uh, you know, in the Second World War, the whatever." He got it all wrong. Yeah, I'd listen to you, but you're, look, you're looking at it from a I just see the
3: I, a producer or something. I know how
1: the sausage is made, as they say. Yeah. We just. See, I don't no, ad- you don't even agree with that. No. I, I don't admit it very often, but I do know someone who was the photographer in the water filming that scene. His brother, <laughs> and right? Yeah, he said it was pretty, uh, wow. pretty interesting
3: stuff. Yeah. That whole the the the, um, the the longest day, you know, um, it's probably uh, the show will be coming up sometimes um, soon. This uh, without two trivia contests um, has these long, long shots. One of them is like two minutes long. There's another one where the uh, the um, Driven planes are strafing the beach, strafing the beach, and there's thousands of people in the scene. It's, I mean, there's thousands of people running around. How you do that? You know what I mean? How you corral that? How you wrangle that together to make it done? Longest Day is a great movie, and it's in black and white. And I always thought that there's so many stars in it, they had to spend the money to pay the stars, and they couldn't afford the color, but it isn't. What it is is that uh, they have a lot, there's a lot of real actual footage in it. And, and, and they sneak it in every once in a while, and they wanted that to match what they were filming, you know. So, uh, yeah, Longest Day of Columbia. anyway um Anyway, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a break now just to figure out what we're going to be doing. And um, we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Mac Military X, and I'll show you on the Distant Thunder Video.
2: Anyway, Please stay tuned. Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete with some exciting news. Mac has a new book coming out later in January called How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Is that a crazy title or what? Well, wait till you read what's inside. Now Mac and his co-writer Mark Zapula, wanted everyone to know that radio show fans and everyone else too can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. And if you do, you'll get $2 off the list price. That's $2 off the list price of Mac and Mark's new book, How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Now, Mac gave me an advanced copy of the book, and I've got to tell you, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It reminded me of The Sopranos, but with a laugh track. And get this, they both swear it's all true. That's How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught, the new true crime novel from Mac Maloney and Mark Zapola Order now and get $2 off on Amazon. We've all heard of Area 51, the U.S. government's top secret base in the Nevada desert. But have you ever heard of Area 52, or 53, or 54? 54, 54, 54, How about Tanapar Test Range, or the Navy's secret base inside the Bermuda Triangle? Find out about them and more in Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Did Richard Nixon show Jackie Gleason a crashed alien spaceship near the swamps of Florida? Is it true that more UFOs are seen over a small Scottish village than anywhere else in the world? And is there a secret place in Russia that some people think is heaven on earth? In Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, you'll visit more than a dozen top secret places around the globe, the haunted forests of New Jersey. A valley in Colorado where shadows come alive and humans can fly without wings. And where's the only secret base in America that's not been visited by UFOs? You've heard Mac talk all about these places on his radio show. Now you can read all about them yourself. That's Mac Maloney's Beyond Area 51, Mysteries of the World's Most Forbidden Places. Now on sale at Amazon.
3: Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Mac Maloney's Miller Tracks our Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Mac Maloney. Wow, what a show we have for you tonight. Skeleton Crew, though. Sorry, girls, I'm the one who has to break this to you, but no one-one tonight. No one-one. He's um, moving castles, and he's all tucking out. Him and the servants all tucking out. But he'll be with us next week. No Coco tonight, out saving the world, but our national correspondent, Switchblade Steve Ward, is here with us. Switchy.
0: And it is great to be here tonight. Mm, okay.
3: I feel like I've heard you say that more recently in the past, about five seconds, five minutes ago or so? Uh,
0: about about maybe maybe
3: seven okay. or eight minutes. Um, what's your background tonight? Oh, I can talk about his hair looks a little beatnik tonight. Is it me? Does he have that kind of beatnik thing going on? No, well, I, well, I just need to comb it a bit. Oh, now. I see. Okay, um, okay thanks. Uh, you're going to be uh, giving
0: us a report tonight? Switch. Yes, I am. Okay.
3: You want to tease it, as they say in the biz, or?
0: Well, it, it's, uh, it's going to be about a, a magazine that you can get into your hands and actually read it without reading it online. And toward the end of this report, there's going to be a little tidbit in there, kind of throwing a bone, a bone to club, so to speak. Wow,
3: huh? throwing a bone to club. Okay. Yeah, All I right. think
0: he might get really excited. when I think uh, I saw that movie on XAMSTEM. So just, just stay with it. There'll be a few different uh, uh, short stories, more or less, yes. short reports. Yes. And then we'll we'll get to the, uh, the uh, titillating bit at the end. Once the again.
3: Club. Okay. But look. Uh, talking about um, club, our security chief Willie Club is here with us. Willie W C, how are you?
4: You know I'm I'm doing excellent, but now I'm excited. I you really you know when, when Switch tells me that there's some exciting stuff down the road mm-hmm. coming from Switch Boy. That's that's quite a challenge. So I'm okay. Really looking forward to Again, it. Ready. Again, I want to thank you for having me for our weekly therapy session.
3: So we talked about that in a previous segment, which we're probably not going to broadcast. Also with us. <laughs> In the studio, this is uh, UFO Mechanic, Al Rinaldo, Al.
1: Hey, Mac. Hey, gents. Uh, how are we doing this evening? Oh, okay, yeah. good, good. Now, just
3: go uh, very quickly throw it back to uh, Club. Uh, earlier, you had a new product by Hostess. You were showing it to us. Could you uh, just do that once again, please?
4: Yeah, these are individual packs. Of uh, They're called bouncers. Okay, and they're like uh, a, a Twinkie cut up into four pieces. <laughs> okay. And it has a sugar coating on the outside. I'm really excited because, uh, you know, I, I haven't opened them yet. Okay. I wanted to wait till the after party. After the after party? After the after party, you know, okay. and uh, yep. But they're called Glazed Twinkie Mini Cakes. <laughs> and I want to be close, you know, to the bed because I think probably going to get me all wired and everything. I hear you. Okay, good to know. Yes, so I'll let you guys know what I think of them. You might want to try them, particularly nights when the show bogs down. Bogs down? Okay. When does that happen? So, so
0: Club, you're saying that these have actually more sugar on them. If you put four of them together, you'd have your basic Twinkie, but you'd have more sugar than the average Twinkie.
4: Yeah, from what I'm reading here, these uh, have a a sugar glaze on Mm -hmm. top of them. That's good for you. So, um... Yeah, I, I, I don't even want to look at the sodium content. Oh, no, 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 no. But uh, let me ask you this. Is,
3: uh, did did they, they break them up into four pieces because it's just so tough to eat a Twinkie all
1: at once? <laughs> Is that the angle?
4: Well, you know what it's like. <laughs> I it was okay, yeah. I guess.
0: Hey, hey, do you guys remember Screaming Yellow Zonkers?
1: I do. I remember Before the
0: name. We were, that band? I, They're a good band. They were... Um... A Magical Butter Glazed Popcorn Snack. Okay. According oh. to the commercial. That okay. was they had a really funny commercial, so the thought way.
3: Must have been a regional product. Wow. So, um, oh, that's good to know. Is that a temporary product, uh, you know, a club, or is it going to be around? Are they just test yeah, marketing? I think,
4: yeah, I think I'm, I'm probably a guinea pig on this. I'm not sure. Okay, watch it. That's offensive to some people. Yeah. Um,
3: that's offensive <laughs> to Al to use that term. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, what I also saw uh, Lois actually bought me the other day. Is Dunkin' Donuts? We're always talking about Dunkin' Donuts on the show, and I'm hoping everyone who's listening to us knows what Dunkin' Donuts is. Massively successful and and uh, uh, Dunkin' uh, Donut shop, coffee shop, sandwiches, you know. Uh, but anyway, now they're in the candy market. There's they they have candy in supermarkets? I think uh, our area might be a test market where they. It's basically it's a it's a it's a uh, jelly donut candy. It looks like a Reese's white chocolate peanut cup, ever see those the white chocolate peanut butter cup. Okay. Reese's so but it's um that's what it is and then the inside is the jelly like you're in it like you're eating a jelly donut. It was uh, t- it was pretty good. Well there's uh, we're now seeing Reese's now I'm really between that and the empty Reese's packages here in the basket in the studio, man, I'm really one, Jones and one that uh, as the kids say, well so anyway, all right the junk food. Got the junk food over with. Um so switchy, let's go right to you. Maybe this will be an all switch show. Who knows? Um you, you you the past few three or four days you've sent me pictures of your breakfast as if to mock me. Show me uh all these great breakfasts p- that you <laughs> no, had. no that's
0: that's not why. I when I when I make comments about what I had at, at Tudor's Biscuit World, mm-hmm. that's just so you can kind of visualize yes. what I'm what I'm eating. Not not to taunt you. Okay or to throw it in your face. All right. or when you say that you had these uh these saltines with no salt on them, with a, a dab of uh, low-calorie peanut butter. Yes, no salt, no no salt, no sugar peanut are, are butter. Are they related to the, the Hooters hamburger place? Um, I would suggest not.
3: No, probably not. Okay. Uh, so anyway, so yes, yeah, so Switch will send me these these huge platters, pictures, huge platters of uh, breakfast food, and I'm literally sitting there eating something on a saltine, um, something that doesn't taste like anything. So anyway, Switch. Uh, you sent me one the other day, and it was um, looked like three eggs, six sticks of bacon.
0: That's what they call the low carb. You can have you can have bacon. That's the ham, low carb or sausage. Okay. Yes, uh, three eggs anyway. Three eggs and uh, either like a bread or a biscuit.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the low carb. Low carb. Interesting that they would put that <laughs> yes, in. There,
0: right? that's
5: okay.
3: The, the high carb must be unbelievable. But so anyway, so I'm guessing only because that you've been out uh, a few times, one than a few times this week. I'm going to say you stayed in. I'm, um, I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting a Frosted Flakes vibe, maybe. Switchy.
0: Did I, I stay in today? What, what you did saw? you have for breakfast? Yes. Well, I actually went to Bob Evans today. Oh, damn. Okay. I, I crossed yes. the two rivers, across okay. the two bridges. Back above into Bridge, uh, to the, the North. the North. Silver Memorial Bridge. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I got into Gallup, Lewis, Ohio. Yep. And went to Bob Evans.
3: Bob Evans. Big chance. This
0: morning, I had a three-meat omelet. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. Bacon and sausage with cheese and you know other stuff in it, Damn. but I, I didn't have any extras. I didn't have any
5: uh yeah. hash browns, hash browns
0: or, or any kind of bread um, okay. or or you know biscuit or whatever. Yes, yes. So it was just the just the omelet, and that's pretty filling. By yeah, itself. yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. That was nine bucks.
0: Um, you no, know, it was more than that. It was really? uh, no, it was uh, more like uh, 14 bucks. Wow, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, thought I was in in, uh, in Massachusetts again.
3: Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, switchy. Thanks. For- uh now I'm how now all I can think of is like food, like really good food. You know, like six strips of bacon and a big biscuit. Anyway, uh so uh, switch, you have a report for us tonight, so why don't I put I do. you why don't I put your bumper in right
2: here. And now it's time for another story from the Lost Annals of the Paranormal. It's time for Steve Ward's Report from the Fringe. So, Switchery, what do you have for us tonight?
0: Okay, these reports are from a magazine called The Gate to Strange Phenomena. It's a quarterly magazine, $10 US, $12 Canada, $14 overseas. It's about digest size. Uh, back uh, issues are available. And it's something you can order and, and open up in the envelope and actually read uh, on, you know, sitting down in a chair. You don't have to be by the computer. Uh, Stan Gordon has a column in there, every issue, called The Unusual and Unexplained. And uh, in this particular one, he, uh, he has several reports from uh, South southwestern uh, Pennsylvania. It and uh, he, there's, there's a lot of recent activity. Mm-hmm. I'll just give you one of them. And uh, a lot of these are, like I say, UFOs and Bigfoot-type reports, which this area has been known for for, for years. Uh, in August, in uh, Derry Township, a woman was walking her two dogs, and this was in the Dairy, dairy Ridge area. Now, one of her dogs stopped and, and stared into a wooded area about 20 yards away. Now, this is a dog that never growls, but it started growling, staring at something. There was something large standing in the trees, partially camouflaged by the trees and by the foliage. And uh, it was maybe seven feet tall, black and brown fur, arms hanging down to its side. Now the creature was staring at them. And so she decided to get the heck out of there. And that's what she did. That was the end of that, that encounter. Uh, now the next uh, next uh, article from the gate, the source is from the sun.com, November 19th, 19, er, 19, yeah, 2023. And the, the title is Frightened Peruvian Villagers Report Attempted Face Peeling by Unknown Entities. Now there's a title for you. Residents of San Antonio de Pinto Yaku claimed that yellow-eyed creatures attempted to abduct a teenage girl and tried to remove her face. An American explorer named Timothy Albarino and an ex-marine, Doug Thornton, traveled deep into the Peruvian jungle to investigate. It took a two-day boat trip. Uh, the locals they met there were terrified. Uh, they, 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 they were patrolling their, uh, their village, their area, Uh, having a watch every night. They even burned down five acres of forest to give them a clear view of anything that might be coming in and approaching. They have encountered, according to to their testimony, seven-foot-tall entities dressed in black body armor, uh, wearing helmets, having bright yellow eyes. They fly silently through the air on lighted oval platforms. One man says he shot one, point blank. It was knocked down, but then got up again, apparently unharmed, and disappeared. Alvarino said that the locals also witnessed UFOs the size of helicopters, but they were acorn-shaped, not conventional. The teenage girl that was attacked was picking fruit, and one of these beings, while riding one of these platforms, grabbed her from behind along with another one of these, these entities. She said a syringe was inserted into her nose. It, it, it made her face go numb. They, they took something that looked like a scalpel and made two cuts to her neck. She heard one of them say, uh, it, and there's no explanation as to why she understood them, if they're actually some kind of aliens. She heard uh, one say that uh, he was using too much cream. It would ruin the flesh and make her face difficult to remove. So she screamed. Her brothers heard, and they came to her rescue. And they took off and left, left her alone. She was in a semi-conscious state, and she was bleeding, but she, she recovered. Everino thinks that they are uh, not alien beings at all, but some kind of an international organization of organ harvesters and maybe sex traffickers. Again, he does not think that they're otherworldly. The next article, Source, Paranormal Paranormalty Magazine, September, uh, 20, 20, uh, September 2nd, 2023. Unknown men come... come knocking while UFO hovers in the background. That's the title of this article. This occurred on September 27th, 2023. And uh, it was captured on a doorbell camera in an unnamed California city. Two strange men wearing dark suits, sunglasses, were seen knocking on the front door. They were not recognized by anyone in the house. They were persistent. They kept ringing the bell for a long time. And it kind of unnerved everybody inside. Uh, The thing is that when you look at this footage... It looks like there's a black UFO suspended in the background in the air, just hovering in the background. The next, next article, the source, uh, inexplicable blogspot.com. Here's another great uh, title. Frog-skinned, one-eyed entities frighten eyewitnesses in Argentina it's yeah. toward evening. This is this goes back it, to 1988. Like AI, Four teenagers you know? encountered small entities that they described as two foot tall aliens. This story was first covered in the newspaper La Opinión uh, with the headline uh, "Aliens in uh, Peragino." Question mark. Christian Cassio, fourteen; uh, Silvio Pena, Dario Duran, uh, Javier Haringi. all 19 years of age. They, they described these creatures as completely bald, okay, wearing some kind of clothes with a color similar to frog skin. Oh. They all had one eye. The six creatures spotted them and gestured for them to come close. Oh. And, and they were making some kind of guttural growling noises. Yes. So they decided they weren't going to approach. They just took off running and got the hell out of there. Next story from para, ParanormalAuthority.com. What is a flesh gate? There oh. have been stories of creatures that live deep in the forest that can mimic voices of people you may know. And this is, uh, I, I, I found this in uh, like Swedish folklore. The, the fairies that lived in the woods would That's mimic nice. uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, children's parents' voices and try and lure them into the woods. Oh. Uh, now, they, they could even, according to this, these, uh, these flesh gates take on human likenesses. In their native form, they are described as tall, very thin, and hairless. Unusually white-skinned, sometimes it's almost luminous. They can walk on two or four legs. They are said to lure humans into the forest. And actually, some of their calls are difficult to resist, a little bit like a siren call. Yes. It is, it is said that they are connected to thousands of cases of mysterious disappearances. They are extremely fast and very strong in spite of their very thin appearance. Um, they are uh, blamed on uh, the, um, the the disappearances are sometimes blamed on these creepy beings. And, and the Oz factor also occurs sometimes around them. And that, of course, is a, a term coined by Jenny Randall's. Where a lot of people have experienced this with paranormal phenomena or UFOs or whatever, with a forest or, or whatever the area gets deathly quiet. They can't hear insects, birds or anything. Mm. So what is this, a cryptid, a forest spirit or a complete myth? And, and the other thing is that it kind of dovetails with the missing 411 stuff. They say yes. it's 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 bad <clears throat> to wear bright colors, especially red, because it'll attract these things. And they say to stay in groups; don't get separated. Hmm. It sounds suspiciously like missing 411 advice. And now the last, last uh, part. <clears throat> this is one for club. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> New York Post, October 17th, 2023. It <clears throat> must be true. Go ahead. Are you ready? Yeah. Enormous devil comet heading toward Earth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, scientists report a huge <clears throat> horned comet, three times bigger than Ernest than Mount than Mount Everest, uh, named. 12P, that's got to be one of the lamest names and I've ever heard. Him, for a yeah. format, Go ahead. Is speeding toward terra firma. Is it expected to be a visual by April of the 2024? It appears mm. to have two horns. Now, this may be caused by a by strangely shaped, get this, <clears throat> cryovolcanic vents oh, with yes. some sort of blockage causing material to be expelled with a weird flow pattern. <laughs> my, my words exactly. Sounds uh, uh, yes. E- 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 this is according to Richard Miles, who is with the British Astronomical Association. Okay. Uh, now, it's uh, the the uh, scientists say uh, that there is no need, uh, despite the trajectory right now, there is no need to prepare for deep impact just
3: yet. Oh, geez! And really? if it
0: doesn't hit us in another seventy-one years, twenty-ninety-four, it will be back. So keep your eyes open. Wow!
3: You'll be able to see this um, from the um, with the naked eye at night.
0: Well, you're, yeah, you're supposed to be able to by April. Yeah, wow, that's crazy. So, so It's
3: so like that movie, on, don't, look look one, don't Look Up. Don't Look Up, yeah. I
4: respond to this uh, right. call that you discussed? This attack.
0: Obviously, uh, uh, don't
4: listen to my presentations, because right. I brought that one up uh, probably a couple of months ago. Wow, but that's all right, because I didn't indicate that it was on. I didn't think that was necessary to... It was a trivial thing, but uh, well, see,
0: we thought you were asteroid boy, not comet boy.
4: Oh, 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 they're all in the same. Remember now, they're, they're Pretty it's much, the same. pretty much, the size is what pretty what matters. differentiates. But that's all right. Um, hey, hey this send is a comet. Some damn it. Huh? <laughs> what was
0: that? I said this is a comet. Damn it! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll send you some
4: material to show you the difference. What was the name of uh, asteroid?
3: That's what, what was I it? said. There's a difference. What's the you name, know, name of that comet? So that's so
4: that, uh, but but I'm glad you brought it I'm up. Try to get in the middle here.
3: What, what what was the name of that comet that came around in the late 1990s? Remember, you could see it. Hillbop,
1: Hillbop, yeah. <laughs> That's the one those people all got in and poisoned themselves and. They thought something like that was coming.
3: Yes, right. Yeah, How about that, huh? And they gave everyone 25 cents when they laid down and killed themselves because
1: they thought they would need change in the in heaven. <laughs> yeah, they were okay. <clears throat> Imagine the poor people had to walk in and find them like. I don't know how long it took for them to figure out there was something going on in the house.
3: They knew something <laughs> weird. Was, Robert, you, know, you know how weird that group was? What was the name of that, pl- that group? Um, Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate something. There was, I believe there were 12 guys and eight women. For some reason, that sticks in my head, uh, that actually did this act. And um, uh, all the I guys were- One of
0: them was Michelle Nichols' brother.
3: Michelle Nichols from- uh, Star Trek. Right, yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, all the males had been previously castrated. Did you know that?
1: Yeah, because they didn't want to reproduce. Yeah. Something I don't know. Nothing's that important. <laughs> well, maybe the, the leader wasn't. They yeah. just made sure we didn't have any competition. Well, he just didn't
3: have any competition. That's a, that's one way of doing it. Yeah. wow we, huh? So, so, are there? Is there? Is there some? Any kind of probability this thing's going to hit a switch, or is it just going to fly by? They, they,
0: they, they, they seem to say, oh, "Don't worry about it." Oh, that's not that
3: good, man. Under yeah. So we were just talking about that movie, Don't Look Up, which was around about a year ago. I saw it. I thought it was terrible. A lot of people really liked it. Um, I thought there's like a lot of stupid uh, overacting in it. And it, it was kind of like that "Maz Attacks type of movie, which I don't like. Well, as it turns out, the guy who directed that also wrote it, I guess. And uh, I forget his name, but now he's like kind of, you know, a big wig in Hollywood because that was a successful movie, it had a lot of big stars in it. As it turns out, Some guy wrote, self-published a book, which is basically that idea uh, about, you know, a comet is going to hit the earth or an asteroid is going to hit the earth and no one wants to believe it because we live in such a screwed up society. Um, He self-published the book. Now he is suing that production company saying they ripped him off for that idea. Don't look up. So this stuff happens all the time. You know, there's like frivolous lawsuits, let's say, and, you know, they fight them off all the time and... A lot of times it's people just trying to get money. However, in this case, this guy took his self-published book, sent it to his daughter who worked for the production company who actually made that movie. And they looked at it and they um, you know, gave it a pass. And then two years later, they make this very, very successful movie. So uh, this guy's in for at least $5 million, $10 million. I guess basically it's a cut and dried case. I didn't really like the movie. I just thought it was – that isn't really how – I mean if you see it, it's like three people – the only three people in the world who know this thing – believes this thing is going to hit is taking it seriously and everyone else isn't. I understand it's a um, you know, kind of a comment on our uh, how we are these days and I guess that hits right. But I just don't think people would act so clownish when there's a chance that this thing really was coming. So anyway, don't look up. Just don't go see it. Now, um, let me just remind everyone you're listening to Mac Money's Military will Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Uh, We're here in Paris, the Skeleton Gang is here. Hey, that's a good name for a band, the Skeleton Gang. Excellent. Talking about movies, get ready, uh, all of you, all right? I have a confession to make. Hold on. Oh, no. Hold on, Ralph. Don't worry. (laughs) Uh, This uh, past weekend was some inclement weather here up in the Northeast, so Lois and I decided to stay in and rent a movie, stream a movie, as the kids say. And we streamed, we watched Bobby, Bobby, Bobby. I got to tell you this, okay? All right, everyone is uh, believe me, they're laughing off camera. I have their mics up. It's it's not a um, it's it's you know I, I'm gonna say it's not a bad movie. I got to say it's not a bad movie. Now, having said that, I also have to say I fell asleep halfway through. But the idea of it is actually uh, it's different than than a lot of other movies, and especially uh, people live in Bobbyland and. Bobby has to save Bobbyland, so she has to go out in the real world and you do that. It's every it's it, it's every sword and quest movie plot that you can think of. You know, you have to go on a far trip and you know save the world. But it's done. There's 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 a sense of humor to it. There's a lot of sense of humor to it. Um, it's uh, talk about um, castrating guys. Well, <laughs> basically, if you watch this movie, you'll feel that way walking out of it. But I think that was the intent. Um, but anyway, but but an interesting movie from a from a film from a filmmaking point of view. It was actually a, a, a pretty interesting movie, um, though I did fall asleep in the middle of it. Uh, but anyway, have you seen anything recently, Al? Movies, oh. clean ones, clean ones. <laughs> I'm trying to think of what. That's to, a no.
0: Uh,
3: no, not really. Switch. Have you seen anything? What do you do? You, what do you do? You go to movies? Switch, or do you watch them at home? Or do you even uh, care?
0: I, I've only been to a couple of movies since I I've moved down here.
3: Yes. Okay. Um, what were they? Were they were they ones where the South won the war? One of those things.
0: I, I went to that uh, the supposedly the last Halloween movie with uh, oh, uh, Jamie oh. Lee Curtis. Oh yeah, I was, I think, she came ago. out of yeah yep. It was kind of I was kind of disappointed. Yeah. And uh, Well I went to go see uh, Indiana Jones. Did you really? Was, oh, yeah. And something happened where I got, uh, I got nauseous or something. I, I've never that ever bad happened. Yes. It, it, yeah, maybe I got some bad popcorn or something. So I, <laughs> I actually left is before. it something I was you open. smoked,
4: maybe? Smoked a little bit. Of, <laughs> can't
1: handle
4: but
0: it. I, 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 ordered it on DVD, so now I can finally find okay. out what happens at the end.
1: But, but, is, it, is it that much action? You know, is it, is it wheezy?
0: Oh, oh yeah. There's just it, actually, it might be too much. Well, I mean, or is that it?
1: Was there be, so much motion on the screen that it makes you might make you motion sick? Did he have motion
3: sickness? Oh, no, no. no. It
0: just just think, Sometimes. oh, come on, you know, you're, yeah, yeah. you're just overdoing it. Let's take see, a pause see, here.
3: Here's the and, thing, you know, though. Here's, here's the thing about those, those movies. Okay, first of all, Harrison Ford is about 120 years old, okay? He, 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 don't look, <laughs> he don't look good jumping out of airplanes and, you know, getting the girl and all that stuff. Okay, that's past right? But why do you take – I mean, I'm not saying they were great movies either, but they were – for their time they were they were kind of cool because they brought that nineteen thirties serials back into movies kind of and you know that's that that's kind of exciting, you know. And, and they were good entertainment, let's say, some of blockbusters, let's say. Okay. Why do you why do you go back and, and and, you know, rip up the whole thing again, start the machine again, and then come up with a shitty movie. I don't you know why Why go through that unless you come up with some really, really great story and everyone's going to talk about, oh man, this is great. Not just that, you know, this is a crummy plot and Harrison Ford is like really old, you know? Um, You know what I mean? So before you were throwing up in your shoes, uh, Switch, what did you see of it? How much did I see? Yeah, yeah. What did, you know, what, from what you saw, were you impressed or not impressed?
0: Oh, you know, the the beginning was, uh, was pretty good. They, uh, it's some kind of computer magic where they make him look young, young again for the flashback.
5: Oh, really? Yeah. And, oh, uh, I know, see. Yeah, there's yeah,
0: a yeah. bunch of evil Nazis and, uh, you know, fighting on a train. That's okay. And uh, then there's, you know, there's uh, actually the plot gets a little bit uh, confusing. You know, all all these really? uh, all this subterfuge and yes, people yes. you think you can trust, you can't trust. Yep. And, uh, you know, it just got a little bit too – They were I think they were just trying to uh, – be too clever
3: oh now, that's you know, uh, yeah that's a common problem
0: yep and, and it, there's this car chase that just goes on forever uh not not really a car these little kind of cart things or whatever yeah yeah and yeah. uh I, I don't know the so snows. I, I, hopefully I, I don't know if the, the movie will redeem itself when i actually finish it or, or not
3: do you know um do you know anything about this movie the marvels that has come out and, and is going to like put walt disney into I, bankruptcy I, I,
0: I know that they uh, stopped uh, publishing the figures on it because it was doing so bad.
3: Now, so so if I I'm not an expert in this, but if I remember right, Walt Disney Disney bought the the rights to make the Marvel movies, right? They bought Marvel yeah. Studios from Marvel, and um, and they and they figured, I mean, wow, that's the golden goose, you know. All we have to do is make once again make some reasonably good movies. And people are going to go flock to see them, because people buy the, still buy the comic books like crazy, Look what Spider-Man has done, and they didn't do it. This movie is supposed to be so bad, it's historically low as far as a Disney movie opening and you know, people going and seeing. how bad can it be that people aren't going to go see a Marvel comic movie?
0: Oh, I did go I went to, went to go see another one uh, a while back. Uh, what was it, The Eternals?
3: Oh, is a, a, it? Oh, yeah. Huge, yeah.
0: huge cast. Yep. And it was my God, I I, I kept myself from walking out uh, about six times because it was so bad. So boring. Boring. Good yeah. Lord. What is it a lot of and people? sitting around because the subject matter. This is one of the things, one of the uh, uh, sets of characters created by Jack Kirby back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. You sure.
3: So, so famous, uh, famous uh, you know, comic book writer. Yep. So. So is it like a lot of people sitting around talking, you know, a lot of a lot of talking, nothing really going on that type of boring?
0: Well, there, there, there's some of that. I mean, there, there's action, and they and they move all over the place, and yep. uh, they have all these different characters, and a lot of it's kind of woke and politically correct. You know, you just yes. kind of groan. Yes, yes. And then, uh, it, you know, it's just uh, boy, they just didn't have it. They just didn't have a script. Are the action?
3: Kind of, are the action scenes filmed at night?
0: Uh, <laughs> you mean like uh, Superman? Versus Superman Batman? and
3: Batman. What disgraceful! The disgrace oh, that they would yeah. have a movie like and,
0: that, and I can't even remember the you know most of the scenes. I just uh, yeah yeah, it's uh, it's gone into that amnesia file because it just wasn't wasn't very good.
3: Now, Superman and Batman is a perfect example of the I don't want to say stupidity of Hollywood because they still make a lot of money, but of the, the of the uh, unawareness of of Hollywood that you would. Anyone who knows, I mean, it's it's too simplistic to say if Batman and Superman had a fight, all all Superman had to do was just hit Batman once in the head and that's it, right? Fight's over. But they actually crafted a whole movie around Superman fighting Batman and um, with Ben Affleck pulled out of rehab to join it, okay? join in the fun. And what happened was, I forget who the director was, but the action scenes, which is basically, you know, Superman throwing Batman around, Batman throwing Superman around, you know, buildings exploding, et cetera, et cetera. Came out so badly that they did a, f- a few, uh, you know, um, little uh, twists to the plot and they made the fight scenes at night and you can't see them. You know, so all the bad, and when I'm saying they were so bad, the special effects were so bad, you could see stuff around the edges and stuff, you know, and they just turned it into night. That to me is so cynical for someone who's, you know, paying 12 bucks, 15 bucks for a you know, for a movie ticket, and you can't see it. Same thing with that latest Batman movie with that dopey guy in it, um, which was actually had some really good stuff going for it because he's kind of weird in Batman. I think, You know, that um, the guy from the Twilight series was in it, Robert, uh, Robert Patterson. And 90% of it is so dark you have no idea where you are, what's going on, who's in the scene. It's just terrible, just terrible. But that's how they cover up for bad special effects or not spending the money on yeah, really good yeah, stuff. I walked
0: out of Superman versus Batman. Terrible.
3: Just
1: absolutely terrible. Terrible. Yeah, but Disney owns Star Wars right? as well. So, yes. so yep. they're really loading up a lot of Star Wars stuff. Right. Because I know people will pay to see it, but they're. They got a marketing juggernaut going, for yeah,
3: but that. even those Star Wars movies that they've made are they're making. Have they? Yeah, they've made a couple. I guess they've been okay. I've, I've, I guess their latest ones are uh, okay. The Star Wars fans are okay with Disney owning Star Wars, apparently.
1: I, don't know. I just read. Uh, who's that guy, Driver? Um, oh, uh, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. I know. He, he said a- he Adam Driver. Adam Driver. I read an article the other day. that said that to this day he still gets confronted by people <laughs> out in public that go, "You killed." Luke's got no, Luke Han Solo. Han Solo, yeah, he's you, know, the guy, he killed, yeah. you killed Han Solo. You better watch it. And okay. it's, like, oh, it's tough out there. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well huh. I And mean, that's the reputation he has now, so they, you know, there goes his career. Um, we also saw, watched uh, the
3: third season of Picard, and if you're a Star Trek fan, I can't recommend that more highly. That is a really good, did you watch that at all, Switchy?
0: No, but I'll, I'll tell you uh, uh, a really excellent one, is Strange New Worlds. Oh, that's another is, one. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the, the I just got the second season on DVD. Mm-hmm. And uh hold your thought, but it uh, it deals with uh, Christopher Pike. This is before the, the the original TV series starts.
3: Of Star Trek. Uh, wow. Okay. Yes, but, yes. but
0: Spock is in it and and you know some of the uh some of the people that are going to become somebody. So and it it is really that the first season anyway was just yeah. absolutely superb. Interesting. I've never
1: I've never watched uh, Picard, and I've you know I've seen the ads for what well, you were just you know the series you were just yeah, talking but about. there's
0: also a Star Trek Discovery, and I started watching that, and I stopped because I thought they kind of went off the rails at one point. But but Strange New Worlds, man, that uh, I don't know about the second season yet, but it is so well done. I was just really impressed. One of the most uh, impressive uh, Star Trek. Actually, this is a prequel, but uh, you know one of the ones that follow up the original uh, series. Interesting.
1: I mean, you know, I remember as a kid, the original Star Trek coming out, and right. us you know, being fascinated by it. And uh, I've I've heard it's at the uh, Star Trek conventions, the 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 groups are Trekors or Trekkies, right. depending on which you like the original or you like the Next Generation, mm-hmm. and right. <laughs> they really get into it. It's really yeah. kind of interesting, but. Um,
0: Captain Kirk, you know, I mean, seriously. Well, it, it's still, you know, you, you, I, I watched some of those. And uh, what they did was they, they remastered them and they, they punched up the special effects just a little bit. They mm. didn't want to overdo it to make it not kind of fit the series. Right, right. But they, 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 their attitude was, let's, let's make them a little better. Let's make them the way they would have made them. If they had the time and money,
5: back then, yeah. And so,
0: and I, I, I'm not, I'm not a purist, you know. I think it's uh, they didn't really change the the, the the dialogue or cut scenes or anything like that. But they just made some of the you've got uh, more angles of the ship passing over the planet oh, or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, Just just some things like that. So they uh, they really, really did a nice job. And man, you can still get, uh, I can still get captivated by some of the uh, original shows. I, oh, I'm an yeah. hmm. original series guy. Uh, you know, the the mm-hmm. other ones are okay. But I'm, I'm, you know, completely sold on the Star Trek, the original series. I'm
1: with you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Now, um, the thing about Picard, though, which was interesting, too, is um, the first couple seasons are now in this third season. And they actually, um, well, wh- what they're able to do is you'll be in, um, yeah, Picard is in, he's like the superhero in, in the galaxy. And he's, he's around, he's kind of putting out all these forest fires and you know, he has to do this. He has to find this person. He has to get in this rocket ship and stuff like that. And he's having all these space opera adventures, very much like Robert Heinlein and Isaac Asimov and those kinds of uh, writers. And but what's cool about it is that he'll be in a tight spot, you know, and he's surrounded and and you know he's outgunned and everything. And all of a sudden someone will jump in and then someone from the series, that's like Wolf or someone. It's someone from another Star Trek series coming in and saving him and they're kind of cross pollinating. And it's very cool yeah. the way they do it. The problem is is that the be- they, they these characters come at you as a surprise and it's really kind of cool. Oh wow oh, well there's uh you know there's Geordi. Uh, there's uh, you know what I mean? You know and and it's very cool. There's um data. You know, it's very cool how they introduce the characters. But at the beginning of every show they say special guest and they're gonna say it and you're gonna know that what's-his-name is in this You're movie. You're going to show up. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is uh, – but they didn't do that in the third season. Very good. I, I recommend that for anybody. Anyone who likes that old kind of space opera type stuff and likes Star Trek. Picard is very, very good. Uh, however, he's getting. Very, he's also getting very old. You know, He's running sure. around. Uh, yeah. He's about yeah. 90 years old.
1: For somebody who really wasn't that – from what I've read in the past, he was not that set on taking the job in the beginning because wow. he really – he was a classically trained – Yeah, Shakespearean actor. Shakespearean actor, actor and mm-hmm. he's like – you want me to go play yes. what? Star Trek, come on. And he took it very begrudgingly, or yes. you know whatever, reluctantly, and he's really turned into the guy the face of, of the, the franchise. Well, the re- you know what the reluctance was, or what, what
3: overcame the reluctance? Money. Money? Yeah, Money. <laughs> I'm not going to waste my time. Oh, um, okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh, look into this as uh, you know, Mien's explanation in
0: they do the same thing with uh, Strange New Worlds, where they start to introduce characters that are going to become somebody later. Oh, that's and cool. Yes. James yep. T. A young James T. Kirk shows up. Oh, that's neat. Which yeah. Is yeah. Really cool. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. They uh, stick to the and, canon. Uh, yeah. That's. And, cool. and, and Kirk, whether uh, Spock has his uh, girlfriend. Who uh, mm. dumps him in uh, the second season of the original dumps, series? Dumps he Spock hasn't
3: been dumped yet. So, oh, yeah, Spock gets dumped. Is that what you're saying?
0: Well, remember the uh, the, the fight uh, a month time
3: when? Yep. Oh, topring.
0: Uh, uh, Spock has to go back to uh, to mate. Every I mean, to mate? Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. The, the yeah. girl's name <laughs> was topring. Topring. Okay. Yep. Yes. Yep, topring.
0: Yep. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Wow. Played by a great actress. She's an actress. I've seen her in other things, but I didn't realize it was the same woman. You know how sometimes you have that shock, like, "Oh my God, it's the That's same her, person." Yeah. Usually, I'm pretty good at that, picking out people, but not always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, hmm. But uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's the same. Strange kind of, new uh, world. Kind yeah. Great, how about great the storytelling? The the
1: uh, oh the Dolmen of Elas, or what was it? The, uh, uh,
0: the uh, and another uh, one. Uh, for, she. You
1: talk about a you know a beautiful woman, and. She was in, like, I see her in another TV you're show of the A Star, era. A Star yeah. Trek episode? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. this woman was stunning. And
0: I think it's Franz Nug- Nuggen? Yes, yeah,
1: she's uh-huh. uh, she's some, I don't know, tied. She's
0: been in a, a million, like, 60s and 70s yeah. TV
1: shows. Yeah, right. Oh, really? you, you, you're watching the show and you see her and you go, wait a minute, she's, she's from Star Trek. <laughs>
5: yeah.
3: I knew these guys in college, they used to watch, they'd have Star Trek binges when they were on tape. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And every time, and they had like four or five phrases. And every time that you heard that, you had to take a drink. Uh, one of them was, um, uh, "He's dead, Jim." Yep. Yeah. Um, I guess "Beam me up" must have been one. Oh, you yeah. Know. He's uh, he's he's dead, Jim. You know, it's de- like that. Yeah, he's How about dead, Jim.
0: Spot saying, "Fascinating." Uh, yeah. Some,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. You wind up a drunken mess after you know uh, the marathon, yeah,
1: especially <laughs> if you knew the series well enough. <laughs> Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, hey, listen, why don't we uh, catch our breath and take a break real quick. Right now, you're listening to MacLawney's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Most of the gang is here, so please stay tuned. We'll be right back after uh, this. So until you hear us next time, this is MacLawney for the entire gang saying be safe, be happy, and Bye-bye. Okay, the
6: show's over. Hey, Cobra, where are we going to eat tonight? Well, gentlemen, what do you feel like? Chinese, Italian, sushi? How about we go where they have the best hamburger in the world? And where would that be, one one? Only the Starboard Galley. Starboard Galley? They're a great seafood place, but they're in Newburyport, and we're in Exeter.
3: But they're only 20 minutes away down Route 95, and believe me, they have the best hamburger in
1: the world. Let's go. (laughs) Okay, boys, license and registration. Where's the fire? You
2: clowns going to the circus? We're in a hurry just to get the best hamburger in the world. And where's that, Pally? That's
6: the Starboard Galley in Newburgh. A great seafood place? Yes, but they make a great hamburger, too. And they start with the best piece. Super fresh buns. Great toppings. Plus, it's only 20 minutes away from Exeter. 25 from Portsmouth.
1: Not with a police escort, buddy. Light them up, Switchblade.
5: Starboard Galley. They're here.
6: That's the Starbuck Gallic, 55 Water Street New Breakboard. Great seafood and the best hamburger in the world.
5: And tell them Wan sent you.
2: Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete with some exciting news. Mac has a new book coming out later in January called How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Is that a crazy title or what? Well, wait till you read what's inside. Now Mac and his co-writer, Mark Zapula, wanted everyone to know that radio show fans, and everyone else too, can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. And if you do, you'll get $2 off the list price. That's $2 off the list price of Mac and Mark's new book, How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Now Mac gave me an advanced copy of the book, and I've got to tell you, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It reminded me of The Sopranos, but with a laugh track. And get this, they both swear it's all true. That's How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught, the new true crime novel from Mac Maloney and Mark Zappola. Order now and get $2 off on Amazon.
0: And 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 here, we go, here we go, here we go, Yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go. It's actually, very entertaining.
3: <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Mac Maloney's Military Tracks, our show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Now, we're, This is Mac Maloney, what well, a show we have for you tonight. No JJ girls, sorry, no Coco, but Switchblade Steve Wood is here with us, Switchy.
0: Great to be here tonight, talking about movies.
3: Yeah, funny. Uh, also, uh, Security Chief is with us. A few Twinkie bounces into the day of the night, Willie Club, WC.
4: Hey, Mac, yeah, I'm really, I keep looking at this package of
3: Twinkies, and
4: uh, so far the show is, is pretty solid, so I haven't opened it yet. Okay, all right. Probably by the end of There's the night. But, you know, while still time? Well, I'm on quickly. Uh-huh. I wanted to correct something that I discussed earlier uh-huh. with Switch. Uh-huh. Yes. I'm big enough to apologize to say that uh-huh. I was wrong. Uh-huh. We talked about uh, Wendy's and yes. Bob Evans. Yes, and yeah. They were linked and romantically. rightfully corrected me. It was Tim Hortons. Tim Hortons. own, and they spun them off for billions of dollars, and so I just want to correct that, hmm. and also state that further say, Burger King ended up acquiring uh, Tim Hortons after that. Wow, huh? How so about that? Tim Hortons was owned by Wendy's, and then they spun it off for twelve billion, Jeez. and then uh, uh, no Burger King bought them for twelve billion. Uh-huh. So the hamburger industry loved them. So I I uh, just wanted to own up to the fact that. I uh, had given out some misinformation.
3: Really? Switch. I'm see kind how... of
4: embarrassed about it because that's not, you know, I usually am pretty accurate, but,
3: Let's you know, see. I guess I'm human too. Let's see how magnanimous uh, Switch is going to be.
0: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's wow. a hot yeah. band Where's around. the crickets? Okay.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Waiting for Switch's reply.
4: Nothing. <laughs> yeah, he said enough. I mean, we
0: said don't need enough. to have him saying it all. You know, I'm big enough to, to take it. I mean, I I knew I knew Bob, Bob Evans. You know him personally. Bob Evans in in, in southeastern Ohio mm-hmm. 20 years
3: ago. Okay, don't rub it in, Switchy. Don't rub it in. Uh, so anyway, we were talking yeah, uh, earlier about. I, knew I was right. That's okay. We were ta- <laughs> we were uh, talking earlier about movies, uh, different kind of movies we've seen. You know, what um, mostly science fiction movies. A really good movie. You don't hear it discussed very much, but it was very well done, very intelligent, maybe a little too deep. It was uh, Contact with Amy Adams. Did you ever see that?
4: That was excellent. Yeah,
3: really deep thinking type of a movie, but well done, a really well done science. Amy Adams or
0: was it, uh, what's her name, Uh, Jodie Foster?
3: No, that was. Um,
0: oh,
4: Jodie Foster was in the, the big one there. Yeah, contact,
3: uh,
1: First contact, contact?
3: No, contact. wait a minute, that is Contact. What, what well, first, was the one with Amy Adams? Just, uh, it was just about three or four years ago. Um, first Contact, I think it might be. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But these people, that,
0: that, that, that might have been Jodie Foster, and then maybe there's another one.
3: Yeah, the Jodie Foster one is. Hey, listen, that's such a good movie. I've stolen scenes from that for about from at least five or six books. That's a great movie. That's called Contact, written by, um, what's his name? Uh, the Billions and Billions guy. And, Sagan? Um, yeah, by, by uh, Kyle Sagan. And once again, a, a, a good book done very well into a movie, and they usually don't uh, work that way. Uh, but there was one later on with uh, Amy Is, Adams. Would it be Arrival? That's it, Arrival. I'm sorry, yeah. It's called Arrival. And <clears throat> you have to kind of follow it because it – it's one of these things where, you know, there is no time. You know, everything is happening all at once. It's, it's just time is an illusion to us. And it and really kind of explains that in a, in, a, in a way that you can almost understand. She's a good actress, so uh, that was very good. The Contact itself was, once again, very good movie, memorable movie, uh, you know, an entertaining movie. You know, and, and even though that was 30 years ago, you know, that turns out to be like something that would happen these days, you know, where this – person who, you know, did this heroic uh, journey after all these trials and tribulations, you know, she comes back and half the people don't believe her, you know, so, um, you know, kind of... Um, yeah, Hot
4: um, Bell, that was his favorite movie. Yeah, it was a good movie. It really he would was. would watch that thing all the time. you would always talk about it.
3: Yeah. Hmm. Another good movie um, was the one where, um, I forget the name of it, we have... Matt Damon is stuck on Mars. Did you see that oh, one? Yeah.
4: yeah, Mars.
1: Mars. Called is it Mars. called Mars? Yeah. I've watched it a bunch of times.
0: Yeah. Well, it it's, called, maybe it was called The Martian?
1: The Martian. The
3: Martian, You're on
4: your game tonight. There he is. Uh, switch.
3: Um, you know, that, that, that's a movie with like a real sense of humor to it. You know what I mean? It seems like, I mean, the plot is basically someone who's stranded on Mars and they can't get to him for like years. And they believe he's dead and so on. But there's a sense of humor to it because he – he uses every little, you know, it's like Apollo 13 where they use all these kind of different, you know, items and everything to kind of survive. And that's what he does. And really good. That's a really good movie.
1: Yeah, yeah. it is. It's a great movie. Like I said, I've seen it a bunch of times. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a go-to. Like, if, yeah. you, if you're going to watch something, but you, <laughs> you don't know if you're going to stay awake for the whole thing, hmm. watch it again. Yeah. He sciences the shit out of it is what he says. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Really good. And a lot of disco music. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. What,
3: yeah, they have this, he just happens to bring the disco music or one something? Of the,
1: one of the other crew members is big in disco. and she, so That's know, all that's just, left? Yeah, and it's, he's like, she has the most horrible taste in music. Oh, wow. Well. And that's, that's awesome. all he has, and he's listening to... I'm sure the soundtrack probably didn't cost her a ton of money.
3: No, but good for those people whose who's, you know, song appeared on it. Yeah, yeah. That's the easiest way to make money in the world, is to write a song for something that's popular. Who's the guy who put on the Brady Bunch? He was the executive producer. He's like very well-known. you know, Leonard Schwartzman or something. Yeah, something like that. Those yeah. guys. They did, remember from Lives of the Rich and Famous? Remember yeah. that
1: show? Oh, Leech?
3: Yeah. They go and they visit this guy, and he lives in this incredible house in Malibu, out over the cliffs. It's probably falling in the ocean now, but at the time, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And they go, how did you, you know, what show? What did you do to afford this? He says, I wrote... The theme song for the Brady Bunch, and that paid for this place, you Great. know, because every time that was played, he got a check. He got a check. Yeah, it's nice. Nice <laughs> if you're in that business. Go ahead, switch it. You look like you're about to say something.
0: No, I, I'm just thinking about movies I walked out on, and another one was uh what was it? The Riverboat Cruise or, or whatever? The one based on the uh, Disney ride with The Rock? Think oh oh yeah, movie? oh that was fa- oh yeah yeah, yeah. 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 famously yeah. uh yeah. yeah. I think trailer. you went to you see be, that in the you went to see that in the movies I went to to see in the movie I thought, oh it's oh. going to be just a put the mind down rewind box yeah, yeah. in it it'll be fun yeah uh and they 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 got to a point where they were trying to copy uh Pirates of the Caribbean oh. it just went it went so far off the rails wow. I thought. What is this crap? And I watched it for a little longer, and I thought, no, I'm out of here.
4: Another Disney they movie. They were using Disney property. They did the River Cruise. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you've ever been on that, but that's what yes, it was. So many, and many then years the ago. parts of the Caribbean, you know, they just – they go right down there in Hollywood and uh, yeah. wow. you know, pick it up. But those are the kind of movies I would I watch at home. I would, wouldn't even waste the time. I take get on either – Hey, you know, free sometimes TV it's worth or, it
0: just for the popcorn. But once the popcorn has uh, gone that's and the movie that's sucks – you, yeah, you, as stage
1: left. Have any of you watched the Disney movie Up? Yeah, with yeah, uh, yeah. Edward Asner.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, a, it's a
1: cartoon movie, but I, 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 didn't go to see it. I was watching it like on Netflix or something. I think I probably made. I don't think I made ten minutes. I shut it off. Yeah, it's, that's it's, the most depressing.
3: It's, it uh, yeah, it is depressing. It's a depressing, it's, it's brutally movie. depressing. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. It, Kids it like got it. Such
0: such big ratings. You yeah, know, I mean, uh, r- everybody's raving about it. I thought. This is absolute crap. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah it's yeah. horrible. I, I got to say this. Lois has told me for some reason kids like that movie. They, yeah, I don't they get can it. identify with that well, movie, which is you know kind of when you
1: uh, looking at it in real life. When hmm. you say the guy, you know, he, he they wanted to do something. She dies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, it's terrible. Yeah, you know, it's it's horrible. Yeah. You know, the poor guy. You know, oh wow. <laughs>
3: that's what hmm. it is. Um, let's see. There's um, I was. Uh, almost watched for probably the 50th time the other night um, was the original War of the Worlds. We've oh, talked about yeah. that before as compared to the Tom Cruise War of the Worlds, which is also directed by Steven Spielberg. But the original War of the Worlds is, it's, it's the original, the book, the story, takes place in Britain. But in the 52, 51 version of War of the Worlds, Gene Kelly is in it. Yep. And they really kind of stick to it the way that the story stuck to it. I mean, the story has lots of detail in it, but they basically stick to the same kind of uh, vein of the story. And what's cool in that movie is the special effects are really good in the in the old movie because uh, the spaceships look good, these walking the, those towers look good when they're cut in the cellar and they they see like the finger, you know, that they first you first see when the aliens up close is cool. The way they at the end that they all die is very cool. And I saw the Tom Cruise one maybe two years ago, maybe, and it's not like that. I mean, there's there's, there's not there's, it's not a completely terrible movie. The the latest version of War of the Worlds. It's it's not There's Some really good good scenes in that. Lots of action scenes, you know, kind of like battle scenes. But once again, it doesn't make any sense. You know that the the whole planet is destroyed except Cambridge, Massachusetts, where his in-laws are up there uh, you know, having a croissant doing the uh, New York Times crossword puzzle. All this stuff is going on around them, And he, he returns the kid to it, and I've said this a million times, it's in that book right in front of you. You know, the only damage there is that they haven't raked the leaves up yet, you know?
0: <laughs> I mean, it's really pretty, uh, I well, don't know. The, the good thing about that was you had Gene Barry and Ann Robinson right. in there. Mm-hmm. Playing the in laws. The in laws, right. Was, that was pretty cool. That was a nice touch. Wow. You know, getting
4: back to the original, um, I have that on an audio. You know, I got it on a CD or something. Mm-hmm. I enjoy, really enjoy that. I don't I, It was good watching it, you know, but now because it's so old looking and everything, but I really enjoy listening listen to Listen to it. Interesting. You sit in the room, have a beer, put the lights down low, and just listen to the audio of that. Terrific. Mm-hmm. I can
5: really see is. that. Yeah, the yeah.
1: Way,
4: the yep. way he describes everything in detail, right? And the, and the narration. Yeah, you have a narrator. So, yeah, is... I can't watch it. I I have to listen to that one. There's Are got... you talking about that the, the the special record they made? No, yeah, it's a. I I get all these audios of old yeah. radio shows and everything. Oh, okay. Yep. And uh, and one of them is the original. Uh, you know, the 1952 or whatever movie, but it's just the and I just I, I love audio. Anyways, I listen to old radio shows but mm-hmm. that movie to me uh, it adds so much to it if you just listen to it right you know without re- seeing any visuals
3: there's a narrator there's a narrator in in the the, the movie itself you yeah, know it, it moves it, it right along and then it's yes.
4: all the voices I mean it's the same thing yeah. and uh, but it's uh, it's so different when you listen to it versus watching the uh, film version right you, you, you picture things. So much differently. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. They look like. Yeah. Because he describes what these worm-like things look like. And uh, you know, if you hadn't seen the movie and then you watch the movie, you wouldn't believe it's the same one. Right. Know? Yeah, that's cool.
3: But see,
0: that, well, it's, that shows it's a it's good Wayne story. Did a, you know? a War of the Worlds version where it's it's all uh, narrated. It's it's The story is told. Uh, Liam Neeson is the narrator. He's he's hmm. playing the protagonist. And, uh, you know, the, the music. And that's where they use the music from the Moody Blues Oh yeah, sure. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that
3: uh, Justin um, Haywood. Uh, uh, oh, that movie, that song, forever, something, called, uh, forever, uh, For, forever, autumn,
0: forever yeah, autumn. Yeah. That that's in there. Yep. And and, uh, and other other music. I mean, it's it's so well done. Yes, especially I remember the scene where the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 tripods are there, and there's the the, uh, the one of the ships. Kind of gets the better of one of them and collapses, and you're thinking, you know, the big cheer goes up, mm. and then they come back and annihilate the the boats, the good, <laughs> annihilate the good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, really, really well done. It carries you through the whole story. That's why based people on the book
3: they they, they love the radio. I mean, before television, you know, you know, you, you people would gather around the radio, and 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 it's more of a, um, you know, it, it, you have to make up. The visuals in your mind when you hear something personal. on the radio, more of a yeah. personal thing, yeah.
1: And they're never
4: that, the same, you know. You're so right. In that one, you can picture how the people actually were afraid of this thing mm-hmm. it, when you listen to it, because it's the you know they broadcast the they bring a bulletin in. You know, they're the show. Yes. The radio show is just like on on the movie. they uh well, the radio part there is they're at a dance hall listening to Vaughn Monroe or somebody, people yes. are dancing Saturday night. All of a sudden they cut in with a bulletin that there's something going on out in New Jersey. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then we go back to the music again and they're dancing. It's the they're original one, excited. right, yes. Yep. So they're cut in three or four times. But that really adds to it. And I can understand why if someone came in after the first five minutes when they explain that it's only a show, no, you wouldn't they, know. They could be very concerned.
3: Yep, yep. See, that that, that was Mills, New Jersey. Right. That was 1938. Yep. Uh, um, what's his name? Orson Wells, mm-hmm. the only person they say in Hollywood, started his way at the top and worked his way down. But <laughs> the way that they did that, they knew. I think. I think they hoped that something would happen that night. Yeah. You know, just knowing Austin Wells, and if you see the press conference that he gives, like two or three days later where it's like, oh, we didn't know, oh, we didn't know. You can tell that he's just inside, he's saying, wow, I've just become, you know, this is it. You know, this this gimmick made it for me, you know, and he was a, you know, talented guy and everything. But I think that they wanted that to happen. I don't think that really happened as organically as people, you know, like to think, you know. Um, And I don't know if it was as big of an uproar. I mean, they said eight people died, but did they really, you know, um... I don't know, but as for a publicity stunt or an unintentional publicity stunt, it was one of the best ever.
4: And he said there are a lot of phone calls to the police. People all over the country. A large number of phone calls were made that night, more than usual right. of people, you know, expressing concern. So, you know, that that seemed to be factual.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was, um, you know, well done and. Um, I don't think they have to do another one. The, 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 once again, the Tom Cruise one has some great action sequences in it. There's one in where, you know, everyone is trying to get away from these things. They're all kind of moving towards New England, and um, they're near a ferry. And all of a sudden, everyone stops, and a, an Amtrak train goes by them, and it's completely on fire. It be funny if it was on time. That would be ironic, <laughs> right? You know, But completely on fire, and everyone just waits for this thing to, like, pass them, and then they continue this this kind of journey. Really, really well done action scenes. Great, the, where Tom Cruise kills the guy in the in the in the cellar. He has to kind of kill the guy so he doesn't give their position away. Um, how Tom Cruise brings the hand grenade up into the tower, and I mean, there's a lot of really really good scenes, and that's filmed very well. Two big mistakes once again at the end, where Cambridge is how has its hair must, and at the beginning they show Tom Cruise, and he's one of these. Uh, Operators of those cranes that take containers off of ships and stuff, and yeah. you know he wants the day off because his divorced kids are there. Blah blah, blah 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 blah. You know it's typical Spielberg stuff, and they go in. This this guy lives in a hovel. Those guys make about two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. <laughs> yeah,
1: they make good money. Yeah,
3: they're not living
1: in uh, the, the, Hoboken. Depends on how how fast they can load and unload. Right. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they yeah. yeah, they get good money. You know.
4: Can I say again, you would not be fun going to a movie
3: with Who oh, said I was? You, you
4: want to go in there, and all you want to do is critique it. I want to go to a movie. I right. want to escape. I want to enjoy it. I, I don't give a shit about this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> wow. I, wow. Uh, now, you were talking about you, Tom Cruise. I come out of the show ready to blow my head off. this <laughs> isn't No, no, no. When no. no, no. well, you, you, you know, were talking I'm about sorry Tom sorry to say that, no. but. You know, it is like it is. I
3: understand. I can't watch anything, uh, you know, without wow. picking it in the pot. Go ahead, Al. No. It was so, you, know, cool. you, know right.
0: you, you go, like, you go back to I like the original. That, but my God! Yeah, but, but oh. Club he went to film school. Well, no,
3: but no, listen. Hold on a second. Excuse me. I'll, hold hold on for one second. Here's here's the problem. Is like if you if you went to the Culinary Institute of America, right, where all these top chefs you know go, and then you go into a restaurant and you can tell. It's not good. they're faking it, whatever, like that. You know, you 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 can't escape. You you see all the critical parts. But there are movies out there that are actually almost perfect. Perfect. That and and I'll, I'll give you one. I know it's kind of stupid. The movie, that movie called Big, where Tom Hanks turns into an adult. Yep. Okay. Yep. Watch that movie. You consider that, that perfect. That's a perfect movie. Yes, believe it or not. Watch uh-huh. it from beginning to end. And a perfect movie in my mind is that. You start it off, you introduce what's going on, and then the character turns into, you know, something happens to the character. I mean, it's a fantasy and everything, but it's it's literally perfectly paced and everything. Um, the, um, any, well, the extended version, the original version of The Good, Bad, and the Ugly, same thing. Actually, three movies put together. Perfectly paced, perfectly paced until the very, very, big the ending, which is a spectacular ending, you know. But you take these movies like, Saving Private Ryan, for instance, okay, because we were talking about that on the World War Two trivia show, and and not only do you, my complaint that you would send you know a whole battalion or a company or you know a division to go and capture this guy, not seven people walking, one of which isn't even a soldier, and there's a scene in that where they're walking. Now they run this mission for the president, for the White House. And they come upon this random kind of machine gun nest, you know. And, then, oh, we have to attack that. We have to forget the mission, attack that. Because they just want, you know, one guy to be killed. And they let the Nazi go. And he comes back and stabs the I mean, come on. You know, that's bullshit, man. That stuff doesn't happen in real life, you know. Platoon. Platoon is a very good movie. Now, talk about It's not a perfect movie. But that's a very, very good movie. Because that really shows you... What war is like, and and what some of the people that you have to fight alongside with, you know, they're now all, all your band of brothers. You know, I mean, there was more fighting amongst us over there than you're know, fighting the Vietnamese sometimes. But a very, you
4: very take cool. a lot of notes in these movies. I don't Do have to
0: take a lot of notes. I don't have I mean, to. You must. He's the got the one of those little person. micro recorders where he makes mm. notes Oh. He...
4: Hey, listen.
5: If you went to school it's for three years, yeah, but you, but I <laughs> you know
3: you know a lot about finance, mm. you. Club, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I mean, uh, you know, so uh, you're an expert There's on no that. No
4: correlation there at all. <laughs>
3: <laughs> wow. Using the big words. Wow. Now, you were going to say something. I was going to.
1: While we were in movies and, uh, you know, um, what's his name? Tom Cruise. That's the guy. Yes.
3: Okay, if I get, yeah.
1: Well, you know, I, I was. you got to go with Tom Hanks for some reason. Okay. All right. So. They did the original movie, The Mummy, back in you know, the 30s. Yes. And then, in you know, probably the 90s or whatever, Brendan Fraser did a yes. version, which actually turned out pretty good. The
3: first one and it was actually yeah. pretty good, and the second one was,
1: you know, not bad either. And then the third good one sp- fell off a cliff. With special effects. Right. Yep. So then Tom Cruise does a version of it. Did he really? Lady, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Now, the thing with Tom Cruise is The Mummy turns out to be a really, really good-looking woman. <laughs> Oh, is that when she shows whoa. up, whoa! What happened? She's not yeah. she's not your like really nasty, this, ugly guy. This is the twist. And is he's, that right? Yeah, and he's in the military, I believe, because they went and got, they went and dug it up, and he gets a sarcophagus out, and you know, yes. So, <laughs> I, I I've never watched the entire movie. Yes, but she is pretty, does he pretty does killer. He, does and he does he hit it as the kids said? I I didn't watch it that long, but I think I think he dies, but he. he she Keeps him alive, oh, okay, Sounds through right. it. I don't know, but she, it's a, she wouldn't interest him. That's not his, no, not but his, she, yeah. if you saw this girl, he would say, even wow. turn him, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. So, um, you know, I mean, it's Shouldn't funny say that about- as, as they remake movies, sometimes they hit it pretty well, yes, like uh, the Italian job done way back, and it was, yeah, yeah. You know, and then um, they did it, yeah, Marky Mark does it with the, uh, you know, the new crew, I don't know how many years ago, and I think they're going to remake it again, but, you know, yeah. and what is with Willy Wonka? Why do they keep, Why do making, they keep Willy... making that movie over I and just, over again? There's a new version of it out, and I'm like, seriously? I wouldn't watch any of them. Why? What? Yeah, yeah.
3: That's a strange one, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I know that's a good I, you question.
1: Know, Johnny Depp being Willy was Wonka yep. was like, what? And now there's a new guy doing it. Yeah, just Wonka. I'm like, what? They're Wonk next time. Where did that come from?
3: Yeah. I mean, it, it was written by a uh, famous guy, I forget his name, and... um. The first one is, you know, uh, know. who's Gene Wilder? Gene Wilder, you know, But there's another movie. What was it? you were just talking about movies that they they remade? I mean, you have it, it, to me remake a, a movie is just you're too lazy to come up with a new idea. You know, I mean, you know that at a certain point that you know you're going to make some money on it. Like when we were talking about sometimes the uh, Exorcist movies it the works. other day, right?
0: I, I, when they, they remade the Time Machine, and I thought they I, that really was pretty good. Show, yeah, it was in the '90s. Yeah, yeah. They. Yeah. Uh, they, they they gave nods to the original film,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and then they gave nods to the original novel. It was kind of a nice blend, and they right. told they told their own story, but it wasn't so far away from the original that you would would groan. So I, uh, you know, everything was good. Uh, Klaus Bellout did the music, mm-hmm. the same guy that did the Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, yeah, and it was I thought really well done.
3: The original one, the original uh, Time Machine, uh, with um, Rod Rod Taylor. Rod Taylor. Taylor. Yvette Mimu. Yvette, now let me tell you about Yvette Mimu, Okay. Back then, it was, a uh, little Mac, take your hands out of your diapers. You know, anytime she <laughs> would appear, she was beautiful. She was beautiful, beautiful. You know, she was on TV a lot then, and then I remember going to see the movie, and I'm saying, wow, she's in this, and she's kind of like in a bikini or a little kind of short skirt or whatever. Flash forward many years to the early 90s, I happen to be in business in Hollywood on business. And we were in the Beverly Hills Hotel, just like you hear, you know, on TV, having lunch with somebody. And who's sitting at the table next to us? But Yvette Mimou. She looked great. Yeah, she was probably, I mean, I hate to say it, now maybe in her 50s or something. But she was still beautiful. And it's so weird. I mean, there's your childhood. It's like, you are meeting Donna Douglas or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Ellie May or something. Yeah. yeah it was she, she was, she was really, she was really just a beautiful woman. Yeah. Hmm. But but I liked the original time machine. I liked it because it was simple. You know what I mean. I like the original. I like the new one too. I do. But the that's that uh, the original one was it. W- it was simple. He just built this thing and he spun the disc in back of it, and that was this time machine. You know, and um, and the way he saves them at the end, and when he goes back at the end, you know, he just moves the machine a little bit, and you know, I don't. Know, I kept st- it
0: is a, a period piece, which was great.
3: Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With uh, um. The guy from Mr. Ed was yeah, his best Alan, buddy. Yeah, Young. 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Alan
1: Young, yeah. I was waiting for, hey, Wilbur. Yeah. You ever <laughs> see that? Have you
3: Dave Chappelle's The Racist Mr. Ed? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not recommending it for anyone, but it's hilarious. It's on YouTube. Um, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I always I always kind of like that movie. But when you really think of it, what other, you know, there's, like the Alien movies, the first one was the best by far. And you know, number thirteen was Alien, you know, versus the Simpsons or something. They're the the second as...
0: one wasn't bad. Aliens yeah. with, uh, oh, what's his name played the uh, android. Uh, yeah, uh, Lance Hendrickson.
1: Okay, yeah, uh, who was he? Well, how about Arnie doing um, Predator and you know, some of the Arnie did a bunch of movies back in the day. Right. Yep, Predator, um, you know, Terminator. All you know, some, all those, of, those, yeah. some sure. of those were pretty interesting movies. You know, for the day, the they special were. effects were pretty good back then. For yeah, them. for what they Predator were doing. was actually really pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Right. Hmm. And they've remade
5: it,
0: I believe.
1: They really? I yeah. think they've remade that too. I, mean, oh, I know. There's,
0: there's Alien versus Predator and uh, yep. Predator goes to Yeah, and, right. Uh, goes to <laughs> Japan.
1: I, I, a movie that, that
3: we've talked about before and I think it, you, you guys seem to think it was an improvement. I don't. Was the original The Thing the original, the thing is a great, great movie. Black and yeah, white, film. Yeah, John movie. Carpenter's though is hey, oh you know, too my much God. blood, too much oh. blood. I mean, if you if you pour the ketchup on too much, you
1: know, you're not going to uh, appreciate it. Just I sat my bloody... mother through that movie. Oh, I good. I had it on VHS. Was that Mother's Day? Good <laughs> for you. I brought it my mother when, when I was a kid. My mother and I used to watch um, Creature Feature on Channel fifty six
3: oh, yeah. with with um,
1: with what's his Feep. name? Feep. Feep, the yep, little guy, and we would we would watch you know the really bad. B-grade movies. I love you know, those like, movies. You know, the Godzilla yeah. movies and stuff. Yep. And I, I said, and again, my mother's, you know, at the point I showed it to her, she was not a young lady. Yeah. And I said, Mom, I got this movie, you got to watch it. And she sat through that. Really? Yeah. And she liked it.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Attack on um, Crab Island. Remember I remember them? them? You remember them? Them was Crab? a great yeah, movie. Yeah, I sure. Those. I think I own some of them? those. Yeah.
4: D- I can remember going out after watching that movie. Trying to kill every damn ant and I <laughs> could find. So yeah. this, yeah, that was yeah. Going nuts? So, like, I, Robert Lansing. A long time I used to take them. We used to burn them. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh, did anything to punish them. But I don't know how long it was that I had this thing with ants. If I ever saw anyone. So that I movie
3: know, was uh, middle of the fifties. James Whitmore yeah. was in it. The original them was made like in the mid fifties, and, and it is basically one of the first nuclear weapons that have screwed up, you know, the environment type thing, where nuclear waste has caused these ants to grow to. Tremendous size, right? And there's a battle of Los Angeles stuff. But Swish, there were really some – there was a lot of people in that movie who went on to do bigger and better things, right?
0: Uh, Fist Parker.
3: He's the uh, the, the he, soldier he, he, he who's in the, the mental – Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah, know who yeah. the
0: guy was, but he, he said uh, – <laughs> he, he was uh, saying, uh, uh, make me a sergeant in charge of the booze. Remember that?
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and, and <laughs> James Whitmore was in it. Now, you're saying – was Robin Lansing in that as well? Uh, I don't remember that. Oh uh, no, oh, it's a guy from uh, Gunsmoke is in it. Uh James Honest. Yeah,
0: you know what he got the call of to be Matt Dillon on Gunsmoke while he was making that film.
3: Is that what they really? they kill him off kind of abruptly? Maybe that's why. But why don't you make that movie all over again? Could you make imagine doing that movie with special effects these days with the big ants and
1: stuff? That would be
3: kind of cool. Well,
4: they got I'd be the, back out there killing them again. Yeah, they got the, tarant- <laughs> yeah. They the tarantula. It had, it had
1: yeah, yes, the rabbits. The rabbits, the praying yeah. mantis. They had okay. all you know all those nuclear things you know with the drive-in yeah. back in the day. Remember the I, uh, I own a lot of them on you know on uh, DVD now. I bought yeah, a bunch of them from some guy who was just
3: yeah I got I got some that they bought like for twenty bucks yeah whatever, cheap, forty yeah. pictures. Remember um, the beginning
0: of the end with the the, the grasshoppers? Yeah. Uh, yeah, The picture of the uh, of the building, <laughs> the, the two dimensional picture of the building. Like yeah, the, these grasshoppers. What's the there.
3: um. What's the movie, um, I mean, The Praying Mantis, well, it's called The Deadly Mantis, The Deadly Deadly Mantis, Mantis, okay, and it's about a giant praying mantis, so I saw a lot of these movies on Mystery Science Theater, okay, which was this uh, show from the 80s and 90s, I guess, and basically it was was this guy and these two robots were sitting in the audience, and they're kind of um, yeah, you know, and, and you're watching the movie, and they're, yeah, they're critiquing it, yeah. critiquing the movie, right? And some of it was like really funny. So in that, in that, and <laughs> then deadly mantis. I'll never forget this scene where it's you know this army officer and he's trying to figure out where the big mantis is, and of course you get the beautiful scientist, you know, with him, and they're out at night trying to find this thing, and they're parking somewhere, and she says, you know, darling, how do you feel? And the, and the robot goes for his voice. He goes, I got a mantis in my panthers? <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's a it, it funny show. Perfect. The premise was yeah. these mad scientists had sent uh, uh, Joel Hodgson up right. into space and he was going to make him watch these horrible movies and test their mental reactions to them. Right, so right. that was the, kind of the silly premise, but, but it really worked, man. It was funny, uh, funny, they, funny, they funny. so funny.
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: And then they then they just quit doing the show, which is it was made in Minnesota somewhere. And
0: right. well it, it, it's it's still going on. I have other people doing it. We have no, to get it um, on uh, uh, YouTube or, or, or something, some special uh, access.
3: Yeah, it would be some funny, hilarious, some really bad <laughs> movies that they would critique in such hilarious ways.
0: <laughs> like Elvira would do.
3: <laughs> like Elvira, yeah, kind of like an Elvira thing, yeah. And,
0: and the thing was, it's it's the same thing we all do when we sit there watching a movie, making those kinds of mm-hmm. quips, you know?
3: Yeah, 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 really good. Hey, listen, talk about quips, why don't we take a quick break right now, and we'll be right back after this. You're listening to Milk Milton Draxler Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. Please stay tuned.
2: Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete with some exciting news. Mac has a new book coming out later in January called How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Is that a crazy title or what? Well, wait till you read what's inside. Now, Mac and his co-writer, Mark Zapula wanted everyone to know that radio show fans and everyone else, too, can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. And if you do, you'll get $2 off the list price. That's $2 off the list price of Mac and Mark's new book, How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Now, Mac gave me an advanced copy of the book, and I've got to tell you, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It reminded me of The Sopranos, but with a laugh track. And get this, they both swear it's all true. That's How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught, the new true crime novel from Mac Maloney and Mark Zapolla. Order now and get $2 off on Amazon.
1: My dad, he's a double amputee and uh, he's one of my favorite people in the world. To me, a hero is someone who fights for a country and freedom. My dad is a hero. Homes for Our Troops built this house, and my dad can get through the wide doorways. He can reach anything.
6: Homes for Our Troops builds and donates specially adapted custom homes nationwide for severely injured post-9-11 veterans and enables them to rebuild their lives. Join our mission at HFOTUSA.org. UFOs are found in Renaissance art, on ancient coins, and etched on cave walls. They're even reported in the Bible. But more surprising is when UFOs are seen the most in times of war. Through centuries, thousands of UFO sightings have been made by high-ranking officials, military pilots, and ordinary soldiers. Often, these fantastic appearances occur at the height of great battles. From World War I to D-Day to Korea, Vietnam, and beyond, military investigators are baffled. Why do UFO sightings spike so drastically during wartime? Could it be mistaken aircraft? Or is someone or something looking in on us? In UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know, Mac Maloney chronicles centuries of these incredible sightings and tries to solve the puzzle of why so many UFOs are seen while humanity is at war. Read about the scare ships, the ghost planes, and the ghost rockets, alien giants in the jungles of Vietnam, UFOs controlling our ICBM bases, dogfights with flying saucers during the Gulf War, and more. 300 pages of unbelievable stories, along with many startling photographs. That's UFOs in Wartime, What They Didn't Want You to Know by Mac Maloney. On sale at your local bookstore or on Amazon.com.
3: Welcome back, everyone, to Macaroni's Military Action Show here on the Distant Thunder Radio Network. This is Macaroni. What a show we have for you tonight. What a show that the others are missing, among the missing, MIA. No JJ tonight, no Coco tonight, no Raven tonight. But uh, what's sitting around uh, here is uh, let me introduce the people who showed up. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Switchy, our national correspondent, Switchy, Steve Waters here.
0: Uh, great to be here and a, and a fun night tonight.
3: Had a big breakfast at Dale Evans, right? Was Trigger yep. there? Bob Evans. Oh, Bob Evans. Sorry, <laughs> not, not
5: Dale uh, Evans. Also, Happy Trails.
3: <laughs> Happy Trails. Also, is our uh, security chief Willie Club is there? Yeah, Willie.
4: Yeah, hey, hi, Mac. Hi, everyone. It's great to be a part of the Skeleton Crew tonight. Yes. And and go back in time and talk about some of these uh, old movies.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, um, UFO mechanic Al Renaldo in the house with us, Al. Hey, Mac. Hey, folks. Um, We're talking about, like, mostly uh, old sci-fi movies, but movies that, you know, that were remade. And I can think of, there was one really good science fiction movie that I liked a lot as a kid, and that was The Day the Earth Stood Still, which is an early 50s movie. Michael Rennie is in it. When you watch it these days, there's a lot of... uh, uh, you know, academic stuff. He's in a house. He's in a. He's in a. He's in a boarding. Ho- well, basically, what happens is a flying saucer lands virtually on the White House lawn. Okay, and it's obviously a flying saucer. Obviously, he has a lot of power. It kind of destroys a few tanks and stuff like that. And Michael Rainey comes out with this robot, and he and it's basically a fascist message. It's like you know, if you don't do what we tell you, we're gonna you know blow up your planet.
0: But he said it, it really in, is. If you listen to his, his speech at the yeah, end,
3: yeah, it's yeah.
2: like okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's
3: really you know. So anyway, but the movie itself. So he then he gets involved with Patricia Neal. She's you know in the boarding house. He's is, they they kind of allude that he's hitting her, and then he has to find this um, you know this Einstein type guy, and he does, and so it's like that. And then they get back to the science fiction part towards the end. Okay, but it's a real kind of thinking movie in fifties, 50s, very fifties, 50s, very kind of film noir in a way, gritty. Then they made it again with Keanu Reeves, and I've never heard one thing positive about that movie. It just blew from beginning to end. So you have to think: Where's the meeting that they sit down? And they say, "Let's do this. Let's take this movie and put Keanu Reeves in it and know? destroy it. And destroy it. You know, he's been in some pretty good movies, and so nothing like him. But why do you, why do you do that? Now, here's another movie that I think should be redone. But then you say. But they'll do it, but they'll probably f it up. And it's you know, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, which is like a really flawed movie. The first one, the original one, is a flawed movie because it's it, it's an uneven movie. You've heard me talk about this before. Your movies have a certain pace to them, and and they whether you know it or not, they're in acts. They're in three acts, and in uh, the original script for uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, called for the lead character to be a junior officer, like a um, lieutenant or something in the army. And he and, and it, it's kind of like the Scully of the uh, X-Files. He does not believe in UFOs, and he becomes a believer in UFOs. Instead, at the last minute, they bring in Richard Dreyfus and he's this electrical worker or something, lineman or something, and it's his interaction with the flying saucer, which is the basis of the movie. Okay, first of all, he sucks as an actor, and and he, by his own admission, he was coked out from the beginning to the end the The woman who produced that that movie, her name was Kathleen Kennedy I think she's she's passed away now, but she said that movie started my million dollar you know coke habit you know now I'm not saying that Spielberg he doesn't seem to be a coke type guy to me, but a lot of the people on that movie were were you know doing the blow during the movie and I think it's a flaw. I think Richard Dreyfus is the worst, Is not a good trace for the movie. If you notice, the whole idea, the whole section of him building the mountain in his house, first of the potatoes, if anyone hasn't seen the movie, they don't know what we're talking about, but it was a, a, a mountain out of mashed potatoes and then dirt and stuff in his house because he's seen this vision. That takes up the middle part of the movie. You know, and and it doesn't you know, okay, if he builds the mountain of mashed Potatoes, you get it. You don't have to see this forty minute scene of him doing it in his living room.
0: You're right. They, they just overdid that. They they could have done shortened that down to like a few minutes and, and done the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. But it just really uh the, the movie was just completely off balance because of that. You know
3: why they did that? Because Dreyfus just wanted it that way. That was the way he wanted to do his character. And then when you get out of that, you get into the interesting point where they finally go to that mountain, but still that is still a little kind of Confusing, you know. What are they doing there? What what is? It? No one ever says, "Okay, we're going to meet the aliens at you know midnight on this night, and we're going to no, exchange." Sure they it. never tell you that. And when you see the acting, and this is another Spielberg thing, okay, in that movie, and I think that it was made maybe ten years before its time because the special effects that it are just barely kind of new, and you know some of them are good, but some of them are out of proportion to it. But when the, at the end, when the people are looking at the great ship coming down, you can tell they just he told the. Go look at you know, look look, look, at, look at that ceiling. Look at the, and, and put wonder on your face. And that's like twenty minutes. Of these people just say, "Oh, you know," and you know they're not looking at anything. So that's why I don't. I just don't. He, he's not a good storyteller. He just isn't. You know. He makes these you know popular movies, but story wise. So I, always, I thought, well, well, just make it again. But who who wouldn't know? You know. If they made it again, they would f it up, you know, because the the the, the record is you couldn't is that make they, it worse, right, They they well, they would you know f up the, you know, not the sequel but the remake. So,
0: well, one of the best things about that was uh, John Williams' soundtrack, very which good. You can yeah. listen to independently, and yep. back to they the Old stood still. I don't know who did the remake soundtrack, but you're never going to surpass Bernard Herrmann, yeah, yep. or the there there. yeah, the theremin, yeah, yep. For that, that was yeah. a just a superb, moody uh, uh, soundtrack for right. that film.
1: No. I'll tell you, I honestly believe, the day the Earth stood still is probably one of the best sci-fi movies ever made. That that is <coughs> the my opinion, one? the original.
3: Yeah, it's all and right.
1: I mean, for the time, I, I remember as a kid watching that it came on maybe once a year. We didn't have VCRs, right? Know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, and you know, we glued to that thing. And then they came out with the new one with Keanu Reeves. So I'm kind of watching it, going, "What?" They had this, you know, in the original they had this. Eight foot, nine foot robot, robot, Gort, who, you know, shot a laser beam out and just, you know, he could destroy the earth. Right, vaporize. That was his his thing. And in the Keanu Reeves version, he turns into bugs. He turns into little tiny bugs and flies away and... Oh, the Gort guy does? <coughs> yeah, the robot. Oh. He's monstrous. What the... F- but they they make him, he, he comes apart into these little, I don't know, nanites. I don't know what the hell he's supposed to be. And- but I'm like... Where's the laser beams? Where's the of yeah, yeah, the city? Yeah, yeah. Where, come on now! What, hey, what, what were we just, waiting for? It just it was like a, a totally different movie. Now what about um, Dune? Dune? No, no. I saw the first Dune and I was like, oh yeah, my god! Oh, uh, terrible! Now they're remaking it. Yeah. Right. And I watched because I didn't realize they've only released half of it. Right. I watched the second one, but it stops halfway through. Yeah, and they're yeah, saying, wait, you know, like wait, wait for, for the, like, the Hobbit. One? Wait for the next one to come up.
3: But when I was a kid, I I I read every science fiction book that would was in my little library in Dorchester. Okay, <laughs> because was a Dorchester it's a very small library, as it turns out. But the Dune books were there, and I tried like crazy to read them. But I, it, it was impossible to read those. Frank Herbert was the guy who wrote them. Impossible. I could
0: only get so far. Into yeah, the first it's just too one. complicated. I it a few times, and I couldn't get past the right. point.
3: Right, right, right. Same thing with the. Uh, The Hobbits, uh, you know, the... um, Oh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. I got like 40 pages in it. I mean... (laughs) But the movies aren't bad. The the first movie was excellent. The first movie, the second two movies weren't that good because, once again, you don't know what anyone is really doing. You don't know where they are and who are they... You know, where are we? You know, you see these vast armies going, where are they going? You know, where'd they come from? It wasn't... wasn't, I don't like that Peter Jackson. I don't like what he did to the Beatles movie. I don't like the second or third... um, Lot of the Rings. and did anyone see Peter Jackson's King Kong? No, the new King Kong uh, Switchy. You must have seen that. Uh, you no, know, not new. It was like twenty five years ago, with what's your name? Was, the was it Peter Jackson? Peter uh, Jackson, yes. But wait,
0: but not the one with Jeff Bridges.
3: <clears throat> no, no, that was um, that was, was Dino De Laurentis. Right? Yeah, right, right. Yeah, that okay. was the that was that King Kong. Dino De Laurentiis said, "When the monkey he died, the people will cry." <laughs> right, but this was the. Peter Jackson, one which was about three hours long, which was excellent. I don't like Jack Black, but there's scenes on the mysterious island where there right. the okay. dinosaurs that chase them. Unbelievable, unbelievable special effects. Very, very well done. Then they bring Kong to New York. And I wish I could remember the, the actress's name, but she's cute, she's blonde. And there's actually a scene. You know, now the original King Kong basically he gets loose. And the girl who brought him back from the island is in a hotel room a hotel room in the Empire State Building for some reason. What's she doing there? He climbs up. He grabs her. Goes up to the top of the tower, right? Faye Ray. Faye Ray. And, and, and people are saying what this is is this is he's in love with her. yeah, you know, He's in love with her, right? And that's why he's doing that. In the new version, you're not going to believe this, but Kate Boswick, I think, is the, the the woman's name. I'm not sure. But she's a pretty big actress. They go to Central Park and they skate together. Did you know that? What? They, there's a scene in the Peter Jackson King Kong movie where they go to Central Park, the Big 8th, and the girl, and they skate on the frozen pond in Central Park. I, go look. Go look. I remember sitting there going, what the f- is going on here? <laughs> where did he get the skates? <laughs> where did he get the big skates, for one thing? Okay, yeah, it, it, it was like, why are they it was just
1: bad. A lot of good special effects, but gee, the story was just, you know, terrible. Terrible. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to throw one at you. Go ahead. How about The Apocalypse Now?
3: But, yeah, I was just talking to a uh, friend Phil Orban about that movie. Today. I think that's a great movie. I think it's a
1: misunderstood movie. My, you, you didn't. I like know. Uh, I I I went out of my way to find the director's cut, mm-hmm. which is even longer. Right. And that to me is an amazing movie. I just
3: have stolen uh, a lot
1: of scenes from that movie
3: from my books too, <laughs> I don't tell anybody. But you know, the whole idea of it was based on a Joseph Conrad short story. Not that I ever read in his stuff, but it was called I think the Ship or the River or something. And what it is is that the that I mean the, the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, is basically this kind of special forces guys in a boat have to go deep into Vietnam, into into China too bring back this uh, Army colonel who has gone rogue I mean, The Colonel is uh, Matto and and they have to go and find him and he's in this weird part of Vietnam so they put the, they, they drop the boat in the river and the, and the, the, the further they go up to the river the weirder things get and that's the whole that's <laughs> like that's like a novel you know way to approach books, right I mean it's a, it's one of the tropes that people use. The deeper you get into something, the stranger things get. So they start off just like fighting the regular war, fighting Viet Cong and stuff. By the time they get to the top of the river, I mean the bridges, like fireworks, and it, it was—it's like madness. It was really, really, really good, almost fantastic in a way. Then when they get to where the where the Marlon Brando is, it gets completely oh off the rails, off the rails, just completely off the frigging rails. But still an entertaining movie, just a crazy movie, kind of showing the craziness of Vietnam. I think they did a good yeah. job. Of that. Club,
4: yeah, you know, Martin
3: Sheen had a heart attack. Yeah, we were talking about that, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He 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 did he filmed the first scene where he's tearing up his room and and he couldn't do it. Um, copper wanted him to do it again and again, so he finally got drunk and he does that scene. And then I think he because he felt he put so much time, you know, he put so much effort and strain in it, he had a heart attack a few weeks later. And then when they went to the Philippines, they had a revolution, and it was it was a screwed up. But they could make a movie about making the movie, right? Now, but
1: Fishburne, Lawrence Fishburne Lawrence Fishburne's in it, yeah. was uh, he was a kid. He was like fifteen. Yeah, he was, yeah. Here's the answer. And they said when you know it it worked on him so hard that he stayed down there for like a year, and he lived in fatigues. Yeah, uh, you know, like he was so engrossed in it. He he yeah. had a hard time coming out of character. Not so. Yeah. Well, those guys. Are nuts. And listen. I, mean, let's I think something. that might be the only movie I think that he was actually credited as. Larry Fishburne. Oh, really? Yeah. And not Lawrence. Oh, wow. Huh. You know, but yeah, they said he he went kind of off the rails. Yeah. Because he was so engrossed in the movie. Harrison Ford was in it. He was in it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. V- very young Harrison Ford, it's um, like the intelligence officer or yeah. something. Yeah. But what an incredible movie!
3: That's, the the combat scenes in it. The the whole I love the spell of napalm uh, and the bottom the morning when they attacked that yeah. village. Man, you talk we talk about longest day. Probably have more people in it, but to choreograph.
1: All those people well, running around, just the, the beginning. Amazing. The beginning with the doors. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. soundtrack, you know, with the, the end. Yeah, yeah. It was a good movie. Stunning, stunning movie. Yeah. yeah, And the director's cut is even Robert Devon. longer. <laughs> but yeah, yeah no, I've, I've mm. gone to see that a few times on the big screen because it's just it's really worth seeing it. Yeah, it is on the big screen. Yeah,
3: I agree. And and going back to Platoon for a second, you know, once again, kind of showing the Vietnam War how it really was. But that's a movie that has stayed with me for a long time because it was. It's like you know a lot of movies like um, we we're also talking today about they were men. Yep. What was it? Is that what, what the with the Mel Gibson? Another really flawed movie, but I won't get into that. But it would sh- you know it, it showed that part of you know talk about tropes, war movie tropes. Where, you know, we're all, it was almost like Custer's Last Stand. Where you know they were men or whatever the name of the movie was, right? the story about they battled the I-Drang Valley, which they get wrong anyway. Um, but it was kind of like, hey, we're all in this together. Pl- platoon was, half the guys in the platoon hated each other. You know what I mean? The, the tension within the group itself was as bad as, you know, fighting the Viet Cong, And and, and I think that's probably more realistic than, you know, sure. we're a bunch of Boy Scouts with guns. Um, a full Metal Jacket, I saw it once. I did my, my thesis on Stanley Kubrick. I couldn't watch that movie. That movie was terrible. It was. I mean it's it's two movies. It's basically the basic training and then the thing in Vietnam, okay? Take away the basic training for a second. <clears throat> when they're in Vietnam, they're fighting in a city. There's no cities in Vietnam. Yeah, you know, they fought the Battle of Hawaii and that was it. The rest ninety nine percent of the fighting was in the jungle. So to have them in an urban environment for the first thing was was wrong. Okay. It's just inaccurate. Number two, that Matthew Bodine, which was like his third or fourth choice to be in it. He walks through that, through that like he's a Boy Scout in Vietnam. Like, you know, what I mean, it—it it, it wasn't mm-hmm. like that. It just wasn't like that. It's—it's it's how we think it might have been like. It, but I think platoon was the one that was, you know, the closest to it. You know, the closest to what it was really like. Basically, you're trapped here, and if you can make it through a year, you'll okay. get out. And that's <laughs> you know, having yeah. a victory, a victory or a defeat, or how many you're going to kill, or it made no difference. Just make it through the year, and you get the hell out of there. <laughs> hey, Switchy, you dodged the draft, right?
0: Uh yeah, <laughs> okay. and then I enlisted. A and then you went
1: in. That's right. I forgot about that.
3: Why didn't you get drafted there? Well, right?
0: I, I had a I had a deferment. I was in college.
1: Oh yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, me too. Well, I was in the in the draft. You know, I mean, we all yeah. had and they had l- the lottery. Yep. Yeah. And right. I think in seventy one, they um, that was mine too. They yeah. drafted uh, like up to number two hundred. I don't Yeah, I was like number three hundred and You're you know sad. twenty Some something. Bitch. I was like. And I wasn't, you know, if they came for me, I would have gone. Yeah, but I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna volunteer no, and no, walk no. into it. Thank you, no. I
3: was one twenty nine, but they only went up to one hundred. That yeah, that's, that's. I was saving.
1: way way out. Oh, I, I was I've was actually worked 36. with a couple of guys who were, you know, who were in Vietnam, and just some of the stuff they've told me, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable, and it's yeah. you know when you hear it, what a waste. from. From the horse's mouth, yeah. you know, when you hear it from the guys who are there, and he tells you stuff, and like an idiot, you you know, I, I asked him a couple of questions, and he goes, what are you, stupid? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and he told me things that, you know, I, I won't repeat, but um it gave you a whole different Awful. outlook on... Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was... It, was, it, it was, was survival.
3: It was survival. It had nothing to do with the wall. you know, are we going to, let's go win this war. No, no, It was no, like, no. who's going to kill the most people, you know, and then we'll and take a body count... Of the Vietnamese until someone said to them that you can kill as many as you want. The way that the population is, they're always going to be supplying new soldiers right. forever. You're never going to be able to do it the way that you're doing it. Okay, and if, and when did it end? Seventy-five. When did the wall come down? Eighty-eight. All they had to do was wait like ten years, and there would be no communism. So it's just that's just that that whole war is just a, a disgrace. And it's when politicians get involved. In war, that's the thing. is like, you know, all right, you're going to go to war, fine, but let the military do it. Don't say you can't bomb this city on that day. and that, you know, You're just wasting yeah. lives doing that. If you're going to fight a war, just go fight it. You know, no one wants oh. to do it, but if
1: you're going to do it, get it over with as quickly as you can and you know, reduce the pain. This, this guy lived – I mean, he kept going back because he couldn't stand not to be with yeah, his buddies.
3: Yeah, 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 right. right and they say and you know,
1: he went back like four, for four different tours, and yeah. finally they threw him out and said, all right, you've, you've had enough. Get out of here.
3: Yeah. Hey, but, Club, you were in the service, weren't you? You're in the Reserves? Yeah, I was in the
4: National Guard, you know, and uh, so I, I had a choice. You know, The choice was either go into uh, Vietnam or go in the National Guard, but yep. we always thought we were in the guards in those days that we were going to get called up anyways.
3: Well, they called a lot of guards in the beginning,
4: yep. and uh, our unit used to get activated to go down south and cover units in South Carolina that get called over and we did a lot with the riots when Kennedy oh, was killed and Martin Luther King. We spent a lot of time out in the street. But fortunately, unlike the division that I was in today, they've spent more time over in Afghanistan and mm-hmm. everything else. My division was the first division to fight in World War One.
3: Is
5: that right? And, yeah.
4: Uh, yeah. And that was uh, and they used to send them out there in the front lines with hardly any training. And they and we, mm. we, they had like 90% casualty rate in France. Mm. Wow, that's wild. But, um, but anyways, you know, uh, the, my, my brother-in-law, I think, as I told you, he was in Vietnam. He was a company clerk mm-hmm. in the rifle division, rifle infantry division, never fired a shot, yep. but he used to spend half the time out in the jungle because a company clerk had to issue all the checks and everything. Well, today he's a good job. suffering dearly with Agent Orange, and he's had oh really so yeah, many yeah. different issues, and uh, and he's never never fought, he never fired a, a shot.
3: Yeah, there's a f- there was 500,000 guys over there, you know, 400,000 were basically in the rear area supplying this massive army in the jungle. You know, what I mean, which is yeah very hard to do, and a lot of helicopters and stuff like that, but not not um, just what just just what it did to not just the American people, what it did to the Vietnamese people, they'll always hate us no matter what. And, you know, we destroyed their country. And, um, uh, you know, I mean, I really don't want to get real back into it, but in the 50s they said that, okay, we're going to have an election here and the people in North and South Vietnam can determine who's going to be the president. And they elected a a, a communist president and the, you know, allies went in and said, no, no, I'm sorry, We're we're going to change the rules again. That's what created North Vietnam and South Vietnam, and that's what started the war. You know, if they had just, if Cooler Heads had prepared, uh, prevailed just for a few years, it wouldn't have happened like that, you know, but but it did. Anyway, this is uh, Vietnam commentary on Mac Maloney's military action <laughs> um, Yeah, I was going to be wrapping it up soon. I'm just kind of think of like the one really good sci-fi movie. The, the movie I would go see again. I, I would go see the original thing again. I think that's one of the best movies. The way that the, yeah it's probably made on a song, but it's just very atmospheric. Um you know uh, what? What's the one where the kid falls through the um, the sand dune? uh switching.
0: Oh, Invaders from Invaders
3: Mars. from Mars. What? Oh, that's the movie that stays with me as a kid. Yep,
0: yeah. I yeah, think I just it.
1: saw
3: that recently. It was on a little while ago, and they remade that too. But the original one is just so creepy because it's a kid, and then all, and all the adults turn into is you know like kind of Linda, zombies.
1: Linda Black is it? Well, who's the Who's the girl? Linda Black was in the remake. Oh, oh, right, the made, remake. Yeah. I, I know okay. the remake one then.
3: The first one was cool, and it was it was filmed in a studio on a lot. You can tell it was filmed in an interior studio, but it was once again kind of atmospheric. And the fact that the kid's parents, every all the adults around him, Turned. in time turn, yeah, 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 very cool movie. It was it was from Jimmy
0: Hunt and I met him at uh, a few years ago at one of the monster bashes in Mars, Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Really huh? great guy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he was known as the G Wiz kid. <laughs> that, that
5: was his catchphrase. <laughs> that was his name?
0: G Wiz. Yeah, yeah. He, he told he told me that. Uh, the uh, the British version, they had to have a happy ending. They had to have an ending where they vanquished Excuse the margins. Okay, so they yes. re- reshot part of it. So I, I finally got a, a DVD that has both versions. Uh-huh. And so and it's, it, it was cathartic because when I was a kid, remember at the end, the that they, they do, they wipe out the Martians, everything's cool, right? And then the kid wakes up and it's oh, it's a dream, yeah, yeah, But yeah, then yeah. he sees the saucer Again, yes, yes, yes underground. Yeah. And boy, did I feel cheated, yeah. man? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted yeah. those those cr- creepy Martians that took over his father. His father was played by Life Erickson, oh, right, you know, yeah, the, sure, the high chaparral, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. And he plays, you know, this really crabby guy. <laughs> everybody yes. can relate to their father being in a bad mood. Yeah, yeah. This guy was, was permanently in a bad mood after yeah. they put that thing on back. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny, <laughs> yes. And, uh. and, 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 and just the way that, well, the, the, you can tell how they made the movie. They did the story, and then they filmed, like, the B-roll, as they say, and the B-roll was... Like the Martians, like running through the tunnels. It's a lot of that. You know, they're running this way, they're running that way, they're running this way. They're carrying around can the see little the, head zipper up the back. Yeah, you can, yeah, can see the zipper on really their
1: weird. costumes. You know, it's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. All right, what about since we're going back? Right. What about Forbidden Planet? Oh yeah, wow. oh the original one. Oh, and re- Francis, oh, yes. Nice. Walter Pigeon, yeah. Leslie yeah. Nielsen. Yeah, yeah. It yep. was in color
0: too. Yeah, yeah. R- Richard Carlson. Richard yeah, Carlson uh, was, was in
1: it. It was based
0: and, uh, on a Shakespearean James play, Drury. The Tempest. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yep. There were a lot of people in there that were like, you'd look at him and say, hey, wait a minute, that guy was the Virginian. That guy was right. this. This guy was, yeah. you know. Special uh, effects
3: by Disney. By uh, Disney's cartoon uh, department. Yeah. I mean, that. The,
0: the animation part. Yeah. 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 I mean, stunning. That was an well, that, incredible the, the, the movie the for the day. The monster from the id.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That, how, how deep is that? Anne Francis. Now, talk about Yvette and Miu. Anne Francis, once again, beautiful. Uh, there was a, these actresses in the 50s and 60s. They're all blonde. Uh, Tuesday Weld is another one. Um, she was just so, so, so attractive, even as a little kid. Jeez, she was just beautiful. And then she's on uh, Honey, Honey West. West. Honey West, like about three years <laughs> later, man. And she, wow.
1: Yeah, she drove a, a, a real AC Cobra. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and she had a pet ocelot named Bruce.
3: Oh, that's right. She had her own ocelot. Yeah, I mean, beautiful.
1: seriously, I mean, she was a private detective sort yeah, of yeah, thing. yeah. And oh. she drove a real Cobra. I mean, that guy's worth about a million bucks right now. That's good.
3: Yeah, she was good. She was a really good actress. Yeah. Uh, for, but they did they remake that? I haven't I seen it. I don't know. I don't know. Forbidden
1: Planet? Agree. No, I don't think so. No, no. That's no, a really good movie. They've never remade Forbidden Planet that I know of, but yeah, that was – so. I mean, I remember watching that and saying, wow, that's – yeah,
0: really cool. Because it was in color. You it know, was in like, color, it right. made a difference. Wham, right? you know? And Earl Holloman was in there for comic relief.
3: Yeah, 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 for sure. Right. Wasn't he the guy who, he created the booze? Didn't he, like, yeah, no, a he lot?
0: Yeah, he gave the uh, the robot Robbie. a sample of the booze, and he could he could <laughs> recreate anything. Yeah, yeah you know? Robbie the Robot. So that was his first. He gave like, hundreds of bottles of uh, whiskey. Yeah, yeah.
1: I believe that Robbie the Robot sold at auction was the, Highest price for a sci-fi prop ever. It was like the last time it sold was like a million and a half. I think. yeah. It was in
3: Boston Space. Had a lot of mileage on that robot.
0: Well, he was also in The Invisible Boy.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: He was in it. what? The movie? The, there was a movie called The Invisible Boy. And the robots and in it. was in it. He
1: was. Yeah. He was in Gremlins. Wow. Was he? Yes. He showed okay. up when when uh, the Pelzer guy was at one of the conventions. He was uh, talking to his wife on the phone. And Robbie the robot walks by and says something about I think about the oil I don't use it my you know I don't use it myself. To, Imagine
3: and, being Robbie the robot's agent trying to get him into <laughs> dropping him into these movies. <laughs>
1: uh, so anyway, well,
3: listen, is it time for the? Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you. Two forty
1: six. We're getting we're, yeah. we're getting kind of close. Yeah, okay, t- we started right, at two okay, eighteen. So all right. we got a half hour
3: here. Okay, that's good. Um, well, uh, Switch has already put up the graphics, so <laughs> that's his way of telling us it's time to go.
0: Well, we can we can do this. Yeah.
3: Whoa! What's that? Does she?
0: Does she have? The That's a lady off? being attacked by a triffid.
3: Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh. day of the triffids. Day of the triffids. Right. Of the triffids yeah. What yeah. was the name of the uh, what the giant rabbits? Was that day of, lupus? The, the lupus, right? Day, of, yeah. the lupus. day yeah. of the lupus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The giant How about gargoyles?
0: Never. never uh, Gargoyle. Remember that movie? Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. Yep. That girl yep. was. Uh, yep. She was a voluptuous young lady. She wouldn't need a life preserver. She was. <laughs> uh,
3: anyway, okay. So listen, I want to thank. Let me thank Club first. Thank you, Club. For uh, showing us all the junk food and uh, for your little. Uh, well, thank
4: you for uh, having me. It was good to be part of the skeleton crew tonight. Yeah, 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 the skeleton gang. All right,
3: we'll talk to you soon. Uh, also, Switchy, thank you, Switch.
0: Uh, great to be here. For bringing your lintelites. I'd like, like to know what part of the skeleton uh, gang. he was. Was it the, the femur?
4: Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what part of the skeleton you were. Oh, wait, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wow. Wow.
3: wow. It's a season to be nice to each other. Wow.
1: Thank you. I, I, you must be the what what do they call the funny bone? What is that there uh, there's gonna be a real name to that besides funny bone. I bones. know what I call mine. <laughs> 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 Never, Never mind. I, hang on. <laughs> I don't wanna know. This is anyway, all right. Thank you,
3: Al for joining <laughs> yeah. us. We appreciate it. Well, glad to be here. Thank you, Bob the Ghost, wherever yeah, you are. Yeah,
1: and uh we're gonna be off to the uh, galley, right? Oh,
3: we're gonna be off to the galley, yep. Okay, see what's happening down there. Um so let me do the plugs real quick. Uh, Homestar Troops is an organization that raises money for our veterans who have been hurt in combat after 9-11. That's the Afghan war, also the Iraqi war. These are folks who came home. Many of them are missing limbs. And so what Homestar Troops does is they build them houses that um, are adaptable to their situation. So that means lower counter space, not a lot of stairs, things of that nature. And then when they build them the home, uh, they rip up the mortgage, they give them the keys. It's their home forever. They don't have to... uh, go through life worrying about uh, every month uh, paying the mortgage. They can go out and rejoin society. They've done a lot for us, so we should do a lot for them. straw troops, 90 cents on your dollar goes to our veterans. That's very high in the charity business these days. Please Google them and um, uh, see what they're about, straw troops. I want to say, once again, we live in crazy times, but you have to remember, John McCain, who I didn't even vote for, I didn't really agree with his politics, but he was not a loser. He's an American hero. Keep that in mind no matter what you hear, okay? He was not a loser. He was an American hero. People we can look up to. And uh, that's it, Al, right?
1: That's about it. Did we man. hit the mark? Uh we're uh, we're running right Close. up to it.
3: Okay, good to know. That was a
1: that was a happy accident. How about a happy <laughs> ending?
3: Anyway,
1: wait, wait a minute. we got go to go to is there a massage pile nearby? <laughs> not
3: that I know. We'll have to ask Robert Kraft.
1: I was gonna say that, but I didn't go there.
3: Chicken wrap for thirty seven fifty. Jesus. He didn't even tip her. Come on. Uh, Anyway, so why don't we – that's it uh, tonight. So this is is Mac for the entire gang, the Skeleton Gang, saying until you hear us next time, be safe, be happy, and bye-bye.
2: Hey, Mac Maloney fans, this is Pistol Pete with some exciting news. Mac has a new book coming out later in January called How to Dump a Body at Sea and not get caught. Is that a crazy title or what? Well, wait till you read what's inside. Now Mac and his co-writer, Mark Zapula, wanted everyone to know that radio show fans and everyone else, too, can pre-order the book right now on Amazon. And if you do, you'll get $2 off the list price. That's $2 off the list price of Mac and Mark's new book, How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught. Now, Mac gave me an advanced copy of the book, and I've got to tell you, it's one of the funniest things I've ever read. It reminded me of The Sopranos, but with a laugh track. And get this, they both swear it's all true. That's How to Dump a Body at Sea and Not Get Caught, the new true crime novel from Mac Maloney and Mark Zapola.
5: Order now and get $2 off on Amazon.